Yeah, that's what running. I'm saying. Like, I, don't, I was about to say, like, we haven't officially coronated you as the shimmy queen oh, since we've been doing this show. Yes. So, salute to everybody tapped in and tuned in. This is Ratchet and Woke Podcast, FCC Free Radio, every Monday, 8 to 10, um, with the exception of when we're doing bigger and better shit. <laughs> <laughs> or just being that's, lazy bums, one or the other. No, that's not the case. <laughs> Let's clarify. We were gone yeah. a few weeks ago because we were in El Salvador, yes, which we'll yes, touch on. Yes, we were on a brief hiatus because of our El Salvador trip. Which resulted in us getting a stomach bug. Montezuma's revenge. And massive diarrhea explosions out of our butts. So, And I have not lost any weight. I'm so mad. You've been weighing yourself I'm through so the mad. diarrhea? Like, no, because I'm a person who loses weight in their face, so, like, I can see it mm. when, I've, when I've lost weight, and I don't feel like I've lost any weight, even though I have, like, no water in my body. Anymore. I know, yeah. You it's know what been I'm saying? Really like, I'm bad. really pissed off. Honestly, there might be gaps <laughs> where we're off air during this if yeah. we have to both run to diarrhea at the same time. <laughs> so, so if you've heard more than four songs ice. in a row... Yeah, like five songs. You know what I mean? <laughs> we couldn't make it back in time. Yeah, it wasn't happening. Don't drink the ice in anywhere third below world the border. Yeah. Like, anywhere south of Texas, don't drink the I, ice I or the water. I know you want to drink a margarita because it just brings the pupusa flavors out. But <laughs> I just advise you what refrain from doing so. Your butt will thank you. Yeah. So we're back. We, we are back. We, we, we were on hiatus. There was so much that went on in like life. Life. Since the last time we were here. So much to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Like election yeah. shit. There's like a plague that's going around the earth. Like, <laughs> you know. I mean, everything. Like all of Lil MC's wishes are coming true. I just, I just, oh, wow. like your birthday happened. You made a wish on your birthday at some point, I'm sure. And now, like, the world's ending. You I had see a Thanos, what Thanos switch. That's what I, I did not even wish for that. But I do speak on how I believe that we need to have a population problem. Well, that's the, be- that's the benefit of this coronavirus. It scared everybody. Like, I was literally from like East Oakland to my house. Traffic in like is 25 right minutes. Up, yeah. I'm like, yo, I need that in the middle of the fucking day or in the afternoon. <laughs> on like, the downside, it's canceling a lot of events. That part. It so could be like, good and bad. So I know, I like, and I have oh, a, like, an album to... rollout with hella shows lined up. I'm coming off a performance hiatus. Like... Yeah, I think San Francisco. So I just got uh, an email saying that like all of the public library events, which is almost like, um, oh God, what's the word I want to use? Like it's almost destiny or fate because we were supposed to try and get book a public space at the public library. Right. One of those rooms to do a little, um, like to, to promote one of our upcoming, um, oh my God, why can't I think of words right now? Programs, We're, workshops. No, fundraisers. That's the word. Sorry, guys. I promise I'm going to get better at this. But now you can't use those public spaces. So it's a good thing that I never paid money for it or submitted an application. Well, you would have gotten they, they canceled South by Southwest because of this. I know. That's so sad. So, like, everybody who wanted to go down there. But actually, I'm kind of happy because I couldn't go. So no FOMO for me. Well, <laughs> I'm of two minds when it comes to South by Southwest, right? Because there's the actual South by Southwest. And most people that we know go for like the surrounding events, right? Oh. The non-official South by Southwest showcases where either you pay to get on or you just do a showcase or somebody books you for a showcase that's in the Austin area. But yeah, it's but not it's not the actual festival. The, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just meant going to the festival in itself. Like, the yeah, I mean, I want yeah, to go to the actual festival. I give a fuck about what's surrounding it. Like, I wanted to go to But the they canceled festival. everything. They canceled everything. Associated with South I, Well, I think it was a matter, it was a couple of things. One, Amazon, which I think is one of their biggest uh, uh, sponsors, pulled out because of coronavirus. And then that kind of like... 
fucks up everything else, right? Because mm-hmm. you need that sponsorship money to kind of like roll things through. Like, so just so we understand like the business of festivals, because I'm looking into it for a lot of different reasons. The the majority of what your 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 money is coming from sponsors, right? Because they want visibility in terms of everybody going there. But if people were, and then the ticket sales probably mm, weren't even like yeah, they weren't their making, quota. Their, exactly. The velocity of the ticket sales wasn't reaching what they needed to meet in order to maintain these kind of sponsorships. So Amazon pulled out, which I'm sure created some sort of spiral effect with mm-hmm. other sponsors pulling out. And it just didn't make feasible financial sense for them to continue it on. Is it particularly widespread in Austin? Or is that just because it's... I don't even know, to be honest with you. I know that I know tech. I know California and Seattle are like the ones that are like the big ones in terms of like the outbreak and and people having been infected and people having been uh, having died yeah. or hospitalized. Um, Seattle's the main one. California's a close second. Uh, we have like over a hundred cases of it. I think maybe one death or two deaths. Um, I've so, been, I haven't really been reading that because honestly, coronavirus doesn't scare me. And maybe yeah, I just that think makes it's creating naive, a chilling but, effect in terms of like people being in social gatherings, which kind of sucks yeah. for artists. It sucks for anybody who's Did in the convention business. Did you read what business. they recommend you do? They're like, keep a six foot distance between people. I know like, we're social it's beings. The, it's, it's such like, the it's the weirdest. Yeah, I'm out here humping This is the shit. weirdest shit like I've ever seen. Like. Uh, it's literally a pandemic. It's a global pandemic. And the things that they have recommended people to do is wash your hands, use hand sanitizer, and keep people away from you. Oh, yeah. When I was at Sephora <laughs> getting my makeup done before the music video, some like crazy lady came in and was like, is there hand sanitizer here? There's yeah, nowhere in like, the mall has yeah, hand sanitizer. It's like... All right, so it's becoming one of those frantic situations where we're like, you know, like zombie apocalyptic type things. Yeah, Or exactly. like when people start looting because, you know, But no one's looting bread or like food or any no, of that shit. They're sandy. fucking hand sanitizer. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what's face, coming off the fucking shelves and shit. and shit. Like, are you serious? But that shit does nothing, wearing those face masks. No, the face mask does nothing. You know, I, I laugh at anybody who has face masks at any given time. The only time that I remember a face mask actually... When like, there's smoke. Being... Yeah, like, when there was the fires. Necessary was, yeah, during those kind of fire kind of things. Um, yeah, that, but it just, I, it just strikes me so weird that, like, this is a global pandemic and these are the only things that they're recommending people to do um, other than not go Do you go think outside. they really know more about it and are just keeping people from going to a You know what? My, 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 my immediate conspiratorial mind goes into, like, a lot of different places. Like, you look at the stock market and how it's fucking dropping catastrophically yeah. because of this. Um, all these other things. But how like, does it affect the stock market? Well, because businesses are starting to project what their uh, earnings people are. Aren't going to and if people aren't going to buy products or whatever the case is. They're not going to social gatherings. There's not a lot of foot traffic for a lot of these companies or whatever the case is. Investment goes down. So just as this, and I don't think it was a problem when it was just like contained or it was just like cases of it in China. But China being like the major economy that it is now, people mm-hmm. started looking at that. But then when it started hitting Italy and Italy and, and Italians started getting, you know what I'm saying? Did you hear they completely canceled all public their social gatherings in Italy yeah. nationwide. I mean, they did it, but they also did it in uh, Jerusalem, Palestine. They were, do- they were doing it in a bunch of places. So I think the market started taking notice to what was going on in Europe with regard to this epidemic yeah. and then just started following suit. So like now the market's like fucking out of control. Don't don't you think that maybe like the effects of the scare of coronavirus is going to be more detrimental to society than the, the actual, actual virus? No, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. We're going to be reeling from the economic fallback for probably the next year or two. You know what I'm saying? I I would imagine, and then this is where my conspiratorial brain goes in because if if anybody's been paying attention to the economy over the last maybe 
couple months right like jobs like jobs report came out it was pretty good but there is talk of us entering a new recession or like an economic slowdown and this could perhaps exacerbate that which i'm just but what just, does that have to do with the conspiracy well i'm i'm saying just conspiratorially like this will exacerbate whatever was already on the verge of happening right due to a lot of policy and administration administration stuff and whatever the case is and i just typically associate recessions with republican presidents which is what we have in office now so that's just my brain trying to connect dots where there may not be but mm -hmm. that's just where i'm at with it you know what i'm saying like because what happens is and then here's where it gets really crazy is because when people are scared, they tend to stick with what they have, right? So we're in the middle of an election year, right? We're in the middle of a president who was impeached, and there's a lot of, like, polarizing issues regarding this president, right? What better to keep him in office than a fucking global pandemic and an economic crisis? But maybe they'll want universal health care. <laughs> no, because then you want, you want the government running your whole shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's... I mean, that, that always becomes a question. Like, the government can barely run the fucking post office. You're going to have them run your entire medical situation? I mean, it, 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 I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Interesting. Speak Interesting. on it. <laughs> Speak on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, like, haven't really been paying much mind like, to yeah, coronavirus. But, like, like, that's, yeah, that's where my brain goes. So, like, crisis will create a, a sense of conservative. People who just want to remain or keep things the way they know it. Right. So it's too much to have a global economic crisis, a global pandemic, warfare and all of this shit and then try to change presidents in the midst of this. So people were, are more I mean, inclined to, to keep the president that they have, regardless of whether or not they like him. Number one. Number two is when you think about this being an issue that's affecting social gatherings. Right. Then you think about Election Day. You think about people having to line up on election day and, and cast their vote. Who's more likely to to stick it out? The Democrats and people who. Who do you think like is are more paranoid? Would be Republicans or Democrats? Or does I mean, that I not really take think, a side I, on that? I really don't think paranoia like well because this is my goes down political lines. Is but that yeah, what Trump thinking? really gains a lot from all his freaking cuckoo bird rallies? So if they're hella paranoid about social gatherings yeah, or they have to get canceled, then I think that would actually negatively affect him. Well, let's remind everybody Trump things. is in, in, in office because of the fear that he jotted up with working class white people that immigrants were going to come take their jobs. Wow. That, yeah. you know what I'm saying? He's that, totally going to like... Other countries were trying to China. kill us. Yeah, like China. China's doing <laughs> China's he doing too this. much. You know what I mean? Like the, so that's what I'm saying. Like there's there's a lot of things that are going on as a result of this coronavirus that seems very much to benefit the current administration, especially in an election year. And if it is a, a concern or a point of concern for everybody in terms of social gatherings, then the turnout for an election is going to be. Thwarted. Have has he? I, I haven't really. Like I said, I honestly have been like zoned out of anything Corona related, aside from like what is thrown into my face. Mm -hmm. Has he? What's he been saying about it? He had a press conference today. I didn't really hear much. I think he's leaving. He's actually delegating a lot of it to Mike Pence. <laughs> Mike Pence is oh, getting yeah, a lot of shine. <laughs> <laughs> On the fucking Stephen Colbert, yeah. they made fun of him. <laughs> <laughs> saying what? They're like, God will save you. Just pray to God. <laughs> Exactly. From the virus. Yeah, no, I think they're just they're 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 coordinating with a lot of agencies, yada yada, whatever they usually say on like how to combat this, how to uh, uh, advise appropriate uh, 
action towards prevention and all these different things, support. Uh, they were talking about like perhaps, you know, giving out small business loans for businesses that are affected, yada, like other things. That's what I gathered from it. Uh, that's that's my only. Yeah, no, but the well, whole thing no welfare, itself, but like, small business loans are cool. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it's yeah, it's weird, you know, but it's a loan, right? Like we gotta think about it. It's a loan, right? So yeah, okay, cool. I get the temporary money, but now I'm in debt to a bank because of a virus, right? Now, now, now I run the risk where I had autonomy over my own business. Now, if I take out a loan, I run the risk of my me losing they my have business like because that? I'm in hoc. You to, know, because you can have like natural disaster insurance. Like, do they have virus insurance? I don't know. Epidemic zombie apocalypse insurance. Like, but businesses are you talking about? Like, I guess or anyone they're going to totally create the insurance if the insurance company has not already created a pandemic clause or 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 policy they're 100 percent creating it right now 100 percent. i remember working in insurance during 9-11 or like after 9-11 and the big thing was having terrorism policies if your building or your business is affected by terrorism there was a specific what would be addendum. affected by terrorism well if, if a plane crashes into your fucking building <laughs> okay. that may interrupt the workflow. Yeah, no, I you know get what I'm that. It's a little I, bit more thinking, than a bad case of the Mondays. If some I was shit like thinking that happens. like maybe like travel agencies after 9-11 or nah, something like that. Everything. But I, yeah, I think travel agencies. I mean, travel agencies are always going to get the brunt of it. Like, I don't know how affected because shit, shit is cheap right now when it comes to traveling. Because nobody wants to travel. So, like, now you could buy tickets for the Oh, cheap. right now? I know, Shit, right? we're going to Vegas. Like, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm not playing. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Thank you, coronavirus. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it's a fucking steal. Um, no, it is. I mean, I think it's especially going to be hard yeah, for but us I'm, because we're performers. And yeah. I think that a lot of S SF venues are, like, shutting it down. Good thing so I'm I, doing I don't know most about of my shows in Oakland and Berkeley. They might shut those down soon, too. I know. I'm hoping not. I was supposed to do really a show with Hippie Trap on the 21st. And that had to get canceled because the venue... Is having a coronavirus scare. Yeah. Plus, I think that the city of San Francisco is forcibly shutting down anything yeah, that isn't. Yeah, doing a lot in San Francisco. Yeah. It's like, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll monitor the situation. Hopefully, it doesn't get that bad. Hopefully, like, you know, we have friends of ours who are completely freaking out. I was talking to Adrian, my son, about it today, and he was like, are you afraid of the coronavirus? And I'm like, nah. He's like, why? I was like, I'm not really afraid to die, number one. Number two, if I'm going to fucking die from the coronavirus, like... There's a lot worse ways to go, <laughs> exactly. you know. Like, I've been in worse situations that should have killed me before fucking coronavirus. Yeah, like my only fear would be like leaving him. Fucking volcano in El Salvador. Oh, God, let's get into that. Let's yeah. get, to our let's get so, out of coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. I'm fucking so we, over it, hearing about it. We went to El Salvador. It was a uh, like a week long trip. Like it was, we were there for like a week. <laughs> I feel like, like we haven't days. been there in like months. It was I know only it was like ago. literally two weeks ago. Um... Yeah, so shout out to the United States Embassy down there who, along with the Arts Envoy, brought a contingent of Hip Hop for Change artists, educators down to El Salvador to run a program for about a week where we were training and teaching both students as well as teachers the culture, history of hip hop, but then also had them in, involved in intensive workshops on DJing, breakdancing, rapping, beat making, all these different things as part of a larger project that the embassy is doing to put together this big uh, nationally uh, publicized performance. It's the biggest event that the United States Embassy does in El Salvador. About 1,500 to 2,000 people attend the event along with the president of the country. Um, and they want a 15-minute hip-hop performance for that event. But that will be preceded by a bunch of festivals 
throughout. all throughout the country. So they're going to bring us back in June for about 10 days where we're going to tour the country and participate in these festivals, continue to watch and train the participants as they are continuing to make hip hop crews in their uh, respective cities and mm-hmm. towns. Um, so sh- it was a, it was a really great experience. It was it was I learned so much on that trip. I learned um, so much. I miss them all so much. Yeah. I learned number one. El Salvadorian students are much sweeter and more grateful than American students. One hundred percent. I swear to God, <laughs> nothing like sit- third world poverty to pay attention it's to so what's going nice. on they in the classroom. They give you gifts and like, t- like love you so much and like just are so they grateful just, they, for they, you. They, they, yeah, they just want you to be pleased with. And them. then like, I know, right? And and even when it was like a little rowdy and stuff, like they still want your like approval. Whereas students here. And they're still respectful, zero fucking very shits. respectful. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Respect. I mean, I just think Americans, it's just in general, you know, first world problems. We take everything for granted. You know what I mean? So I think you know, I was very refreshed and surprised to see how much they already knew about hip hop. We had like hella break dancers that were like killing it. I was going to say <laughs> the opposite. Well, I'm talking about like, well, the, the, yeah, you had a mixed bag, right? We had people as, as, as old as 60. And 70, as young as I 10. Think, right? Yeah, I think the oldest person 70, in our group was like yeah. 70 years old. Because we were teaching educators like teachers as well as students so that's why number one that's difficult because like the demographic is so varied but you're right there were really talented break dancers and like there's a lot of kids could more like a handful of kids were pretty talented beatboxing could freestyle but as far as hip-hop goes like explaining to them I mean, I think it's hard to explain to young kids like what a bar is, but explaining in Spanish to people that really have no foundation of like hip-hop culture aside from maybe like 10 kids i would say 10 yeah. out of maybe like 10 out of 40 10 out of 40 had a pre, had had a previous had a cursory understanding of yeah. hip-hop whereas 30 literally probably had like never no heard of a hip-hop song in their yeah, fucking life no experience you know with or, or only know like battle raps because that's i think a little bit more popular in central america than actual central right or they, they know the art of battle rapping i don't think they could shout out like a battle rap mm-hmm. Battle I don't rapper. know. They were, they were kind of talking to me. I mean, the, like one girl, a few of them were like talking to me about battle rappers. But again, yeah, not the not the majority. Whereas like here, even if you talk to like a 70 year old person, like my grandma, like she'll know at least what hip hop is. She'll be like, oh, yeah, like MC Hammer. Like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, they'll know a little bit. Right. Like, or something like they'll kind of know. You know, it's kind of like missionary work when you really think about it. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's really like you're going down to these countries that have no knowledge of what you're bringing them. And you're you're trying to develop a understanding and an appreciation for this culture that they are completely alien to. Yeah. Um, it's just know. hard teaching in another language. First, and then also teaching, like, like you were saying, like, on speak on rhythm. Like, yeah, once we a, did that, I think it was the world I mean we started like, I think as a collective shout out to DJ Trose and Kid Enzo they yes. were both part of our team as well DJ Trose is based in Oakland uh, Kid Enzo is based in LA dope break dancer um, and our saxophone player he was yeah, playing he was, saxophone like, break while, and saxophoning break while having a diarrhea yeah. outburst like felt <laughs> from so day bad one, it was day so one, yeah. bad yeah um, so shout out to the whole team, but I think that we started to hit a groove at like at a certain point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this is the first time that any of us cool. were ever doing any of this. Like, you know what I mean? It was a challenge for me. I speak Spanish, but I speak Spanish like a street hood Dominican yes. dude. So like for me to try to articulate sophisticated points in the way that I do in English, in a way in, in Spanish, like in a very academic yeah, way. Yeah, you were like frustrated as fuck. Really, really frustrating, but challenging at the same time. And I, I, I enjoyed it. And at the same time, like, you know, it was kind of crazy. Um, it was hard. I, but I liked 
ha- ha- trying to get them to explain was the best thing. It's like yeah. they're they're teachers. Number one, they like to fucking talk. Like the teachers, they love, love themselves in talking. They love to talk. Like <laughs> I'd ask a question and be like, "What's your?" What, like we would ask the whole group. Fight question. one, marry one, and fuck one. Go. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like twenty you can leave minutes. Leave the classroom with, and still be at it. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, I think it's like maybe that's just a Latin thing. I I don't know, but. uh trying it like having them i think one of like the best methods that we used was because they are supposed to be going back into their communities and teaching and, and recruiting people to be part of their own crews and then developing their own routine based on what they learned from us right so i think it's important for them to know how to teach and retain what, yeah and, exactly retain and that's the, the best way to like retain it is to, to be able to explain it um so that's what i'd be like okay who can tell us like what the what rhyme scheme is and what cadence is and we would just have them explain it in spanish and, and like we realized that there were certain words that we were saying the whole time that they had no understanding and yeah like, and because they're such like a, a polite dignified people they're not going to correct you yeah in a way you know what i'm saying unlike the cubans because cubans will correct you when you're doing something wrong 100 percent. but it's their culture right like, yeah it's like, you know what i mean, I, mean it's just a weird thing. I think also it's they're being introduced to terms that maybe they're like oh maybe that is just something that is new to us <laughs> maybe or something. it is cadence but <laughs> like, yeah i mean i think in english we use cadence incorrectly anyway exactly what we that's what recognize. i was saying that's what i was deducing like uh yeah i think rappers are using the term cadence wrong anyway yeah. so for us to try to articulate or, or translate that into spanish they're not going to get what we're trying to say i know we have to figure <laughs> i swear i want to go to like a uh a workshop on explaining what cadence is because that's totally. what i'm always trying to do i'm like all right kids i'm gonna i'm gonna use like made up words like gibberish and so <laughs> the words don't matter just listen to how i'm delivering it i'll be like and i'll just do that but like i still don't think do you use the butta butta yeah i'm like and then they just start laughing i'm like i get it it's just do it do it the button too late too slow too slow you got it clever girl (laughs) ear splitting (laughs) um yeah so it was it was that was a challenge um it was it was a nice country. It was you know what I mean I was surprised so at beautiful. how much hip hop was there. Like when we were driving from our hotel to the the work site, there was a lot of graffiti and murals mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. The hotel was fucking gorgeous. The um, hotel was filled with like Americans. It was like a like a gingo hotel. With, like soldiers and like Marines. It was, it was National Guard. It and was Lex like Luthers. Oh my god, yeah. It was like no, we when we one hundred percent thought we were like in a CIA stronghold. I was I was <laughs> like if I had gotten drunk enough on the last night I might have like gone and snooped around and been like trying to uncover the case probably <laughs> there's so many people in uniform there it made yeah. me very it was yeah it was making me and there's also a political crisis going on exactly so that's what was making yeah. me worry i know like, they too were there and then we get down to to breakfast and there's like a whole bunch I of know. national guard there i'm, I'm like, like fuck eh. my life like what's gonna happen i was nervous the moment we got in and diego shout out diego sweet angel oh diego okay yes. so he he came and received us and Helped us through customs and blah blah blah. Brought us to like this, you know, Escalade type looking Lyft or Uber taxi thing. Um, and he was like, we all got in, and he's like, oh, hold on, just one second, I have to run back in the embassy. He's gonna drive you around, and I was like, oh my god, he's taking us to go be like hostages, like he's kidnapping us right now. <laughs> you thought that? <laughs> That's straight up what I thought. Oh my! I never met this guy. And he abandons us with some man in a black Escalade. Like, no, we you know, just you know, this is, like, the, this is the we're funniest about to shit. Die. Yeah, because it is so like just so people understand like like El Salvador is a third world country. It's a very dangerous country. That is 
exacerbated by the current political crisis that is going on or like mm-hmm. the political upheaval. But they also have a lot of gangs, right? Like yeah, they have that's MS-13. why we were like yeah, there. MS-13 the is like one of the deadliest gangs on the planet Earth yeah. and it's, it has its roots in El Salvador. Um, what was crazy to me is that when we got back, I went to teach Juvie and I was telling one of the girls in Juvie who's El Salvadorian. She's like, she was born there and I told oh, her she- I was going and she literally, she legit, when I came back, she was like, oh my, she was so happy. She was like, yo, I really didn't think you were going to come back. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> she, uh, she said, I'm like, she said in especially she's like, yo, I'm surprised you're still alive. Like, what the fuck? I was like, yo, people like me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, but I'm like a black dude in this country and like people, I stick out like a sore well, thumb. Well, let's tell the, vo- okay, so yeah. on one of the nights, um, DJ Trill say said like she'd been chatting it up. She's like a native speaker. She Bless speaks hella good yeah, Spanish, a, like, and she's yeah, a she's chatty a, social butterfly. Well, she's an interpreter, so that's yeah. why she like you know what I'm saying she's she a loves. perfect member of our team because she can interpret like everything, everything into, right. in, exactly. from English to Spanish. Um, I think she's Argentinian. If I'm not she's mistaken, she's Argentinian and so, Mexican. Yeah, but she's she from did Argentina. like she did like recon. Like the minute yeah. we landed, like she spoke to every, like everybody at the at the at the hotel, uh, hotel taxi the drivers. cab drivers, yeah. everybody, and like found out like all the hot spots. Yes, and then she t- she's like, okay, we gotta go because there's a lot of volcanoes in El Salvador. There's a lot of, uh, like, volcanic activity, a lot Inactive of earthquakes. volcanoes, a lot of like minor earthquakes. Yeah, like, you know. um, it's I, is it part of like the Ring of Fire, right? Because it's from Ring the of Pacific. Fire. Holy shit. The Ring of Fire, you know, it's like those, like the Pacific Islands up to Japan and then back around California. It might be, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, so. She takes us to this restaurant on top of this volcano, and it's we're like going up there, and we're straight up like there's no civilization really anymore. There's finally get to the top. I'm like, yo, where the fuck are we going right now? <laughs> and there's like a few hella bougie, beautiful fucking restaurants like overlooking the whole like country or like the whole city at least. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful, but then it got late. We knew that this restaurant was closing at ten, and we kept trying to remember to order a lift, but yeah. getting distracted. And then the phone was dying and (laughs) we lost service and the restaurant closed and the Lyft drivers wouldn't come get us. Yeah, so now we're stuck on the the top of a volcano. And there's two men with like freaking... Rifles. Yeah, rifles. Like security guard rifles. And and Shirl says like, oh, they're so nice for waiting for us to leave. And I was like, oh my God. In my head, I was thinking like, they're going to shoot us in the fucking face. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just don't feel comfortable with like seeing just hello rifles around all the time no nah, like, i mean it's, their security it, their security at banks just has like rifles and shit so it yeah it's, it's, it's a, no it's a it's a jarring thing because it's like you, you, they don't really have uniforms so it's like just the dude in yeah, like fucking like, old really, navy clothes with a I fucking know, hand like, cannon uh, <laughs> you know what i mean like it's just kind of I, I think just the optic of that is very jarring for no, people was, who are not used to it I you know what i'm saying not, I, you know I felt and i think easy. as americans we're not unless you're a police officer you're not used to seeing people just like openly brandishing firearms well, plus you know everyone's saying? warning us like like every time we said we're going to el salvador everyone was very fucking worried and yeah, concerned. so in my concerned, head yeah. they've already implanted this idea that there's imminent danger on every corner People so when i'm alone in a volcano <laughs> yeah no they thought i was gonna get like mobbed yeah. and, like a pitchforks and exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah but no but t- totally it was so it was just a very uh Awkward experience to say the least. Yeah, um, I was still a little bit. I was like, "Fuck this shit." And then, like, we 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 were like looking forward to like w- our final night where we were gonna go to like this whole 
what was it, Placido de, de Carmen or whatever? What, what yeah. yeah. It was like this one Plaza strip. Del yeah, Plaza de, yeah, it was like this one strip that has all these bars and restaurants and clubs. And it was the one spot that Trose, from her research, everybody was talking about. And when we got there, I was kind of underwhelmed. Number one, they're trying to like lure you into their clubs, oh my God. like their brothels. Yeah, seriously. It was like empty ass clubs with like, it reminded me, I went on a cruise once to Mexico and like the, the port that we went to, I can't even remember what city it was, but right. like, bunch of cruise ships go there so people just like mob you and try to take you into these grimy hoey clubs with like flashing lights and like yeah. tequila shots and it's just very like off-putting yeah it's like what tj vibes kind of you know like, yeah, they're just yeah. like forcing you they think that's what you want is to like go into an empty loud ass bass bassy like light disco light club and just be mobbed and it's just yeah it's, I, but I, I was did, very annoyed by we it. We did find this one spot where this guy was oh, like, yeah. the singer was like singing songs that sounded just like the records. I gave he him a Hector Lavoe song to sing and then he knew what the vibes were and he started yeah. just think, singing like all the classic salsa songs that you could, like people started dancing. That was a cool thing. He that was, was cool. dope. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that's what we got sick from was from the margaritas there. You think so? That, you think that was it? I didn't get the diarrhea until like Saturday, which is when we were getting back. That could be the case. So that that was the last night there, but yeah, it's okay. It was worth the diarrhea. But yeah, so shout out to El Salvador, shout out to the embassy for having us, Arts Envoy for bringing us out there. Um, we're gonna go back in June, and hopefully, this is not the f- f- just the last of the international hip hop education work that we do. Hopefully, we're yeah. like all over Central America. We're trying to and go South to Cuba America. soon, and we're going to Cuba. You know we're what I'm saying? We're trying to do a, a hip hop for change uh, fashion show fundraiser coming soon. Yeah. So getting the details on that. We're and hopefully everybody handed. hasn't died of coronavirus yet. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm beginning to think, I'm, I'm beginning to think other than um, the stomach virus that we've been combating over the last few days, I'm beginning to think that I might be immune. I might be one of those, like, I am legend, what? like... <laughs> I'm, because I'm, I, really I am legend sick. of herpes, though, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I combated herpes. Okay. I have friends that just have herpes, and I've drank and I mean, all their I'm, things. There's, I'm, 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 there's a lot of people legend. out there that have herpes. The herpes is, is a real thing, you know what I'm saying? And if you you living fast and furious, then it's, it's a thing. I, yeah. you know, I, it, it happens. It happens, you know what I'm saying? Um, if you're living with, you know, whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, like, teeter through that. <laughs> but... <laughs> I had it with the ratchet vibe. No, but um, um yeah, no, I, I, cause I, I don't my my immune system when it comes to like flu and being like having a cold and like I get sick maybe one day an entire year. Right? Yeah, I know. Because so I when think, I got sick, you gave me cheese. <laughs> yeah, like I have no frame of reference of what people drink when they're sick or eat when they're sick because I never <laughs> get salad sick. salad and cheese. Yeah, I was just like, this is this, this will work. Here, have some croutons. <laughs> croutons would have been better. Oh, no. <laughs> Not like a Caesar salad. Yeah. <laughs> cheese slices. Cheese slices. Yeah, it worked. I don't know. Uh, um, but no, I'm beginning to think that like that's you know that that might be my my bag. Well, like, just knock on some fucking wood. I don't want you to be in the first. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna like I'm not waiting for somebody with the fucking coronavirus to breathe on me. Like, oh, let me test this shit out. I'm just saying, like, I think I know, that terrible. when the zombie apocalypse might happen, I might be the Will Smith with the fucking dog then going into somebody I be the else's. Dog? Yeah, totally. What? <laughs> No, isn't there other people in the movie? Why do you have to be the dog? Oh, the, butter, like, the girl with the butterfly tattoo. Yeah. I have the butterfly yeah. tattoo. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, cool. See? Okay. Well, Adrian needs to survive because 
that's I there was a little kid in the thing too okay, but great. i also have little kids so we have to like we have to figure this okay, out let's yeah I'll figure it out <laughs> let's just stay a little bit positive saying, for now. yeah exactly let's not doom like people are gonna stop listening to this podcast if they're just like no we're just not gloom no we're not gloom and doom we're like if the fucking world's collapsing huzzah we'll be fucking partying <laughs> huzzah. like why the fuck am i gonna be sad like yo we're <laughs> there's no escaping this shit we're all on a fucking rock hurtling through space can i can, can end at any time talk about this though i've been wanting yeah. to do it for a while what are we talking I wanna, about? I want to tell you all of these ages and see if you're shocked by them. Okay. Ages of what? So the, there came out a list of all of these rappers' ages. Oh, they're real ages? Not yeah. like their industry age? Yeah, the real okay. ages. Okay. All right, go for so it. So I'm going to start from youngest to oldest. Go. Young boy, 20. NBA young boy? I don't know. It just says young boy. Okay. Lil Brick. Okay, I don't know. Post Malone, 24. Chance, 26. Travis, 27. Logic, 30. Uh, ASAP Rocky 31, Kendrick 32, Meek 32, Wiz 32, Drake 33, J. Cole 35, Future 36, Nikki 37. That means that Meek, Kendrick, and Drake are all younger than Nikki. Isn't that weird? Very weird. And, and Wayne is also 37. So Wayne and Nikki are the same age, which Very is weird. also weird because I just assumed Wayne was like way older. But you know what it is? It's because of how long we've been experiencing. Yeah, no, it's because you know what I'm saying. Like, Lil, like yeah, Lil 80. Wayne, Lil Wayne being 37 makes perfect sense yeah. because I grew up with Lil Wayne and I still you know, listen to Lil Wayne. Yeah, you, it's you, just you know what I'm saying? weird because like, you think of the relationship like Future like seems old. How old was Future? He's 36. He seems. Oh, he actually really, seems older. Yeah, he seems me. older to me too. Yeah, he seems like he's a 40 year old somebody. Um, Gucci oh. is 40. Pusha is 42. Yeah. Two Chains 42. Kanye 42. Nas 46. Which yeah. to me, I just thought there was like a larger age gap between Kanye and Nas. Like I thought, like, because again, Nas is one of those kids. Like Nas has been around since little, eighteen. Yeah. Like since he was eighteen. Eminem um, is forty-seven. That's, that's crazy. crazy, right? Yeah, he's older than Nas and Kanye and Pusha. That means he was twenty-seven when he first popped. Yeah. Wow. That's very. That make that gives me hope, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting. Snoop is forty-eight and Jay Z is fifty. Which again, yeah, I don't know. Jay Z's fifty now. Yeah. Huh. Remember, because he just had his 50. Oh, yeah, he just P. did, and P. Diddy just, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Huh. I, I, okay, not, I was wondering why Lil Brick was on here. I don't know who that is, who but he's the person Brick? that posted it. <laughs> just, like, oh, that's him why. In there. Yeah, like, he just threw himself in here. I don't give a fuck about you. Don't put yourself on the same yeah, list as himself. Drake and J. Cole. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> why not? If you're going to make a list, you got to put yourself on the fucking list. Like, no? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, no. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm just getting word from our special guest that... He will be arriving at 9. And for those who don't know, our special guest is Jamie the Wolf of Tourette's Without Regrets. Who has been mentioned on the show almost like every time. Pretty much. Tourette's Him is and a Lillian. big part of my life. <laughs> Him and Lillian. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Can we talk about... I was... Okay, I went... I the had a show. Well, that. I'm talking about when I walked down the stairs at Amado's and I was... Okay, we know that, yeah, I mean, there's so much to catch up on. You've got into so saying, many like, shenanigans. Oh, yeah, Hannah, she's the Jew that ran me over with the car. <laughs> so I say that walking down the stairs to this venue, like, and it's like dead silent, and I turn okay, the so corner. Okay, walk, so walk people back. You had right. a show on Friday. I had a show on, no, no, look, Saturday. Saturday, 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 at Amato's. Shout out, Jim, for putting that together. Jane, the message. I'll read Karina, everyone that was a part of that. Anyways, it's in, in Amato's, the, the space where we were performing at is like an underground speakeasy. So it has... It's like in a basement, essentially, but right. like really pretty and nice. Really and nice, I love, yeah. It's beautiful. Ambiance. But yes, but <laughs> as I'm going down the stairs, like the sound in there is, is you just couldn't really hear anything. Like it, 
I don't know, like no one was speaking or something. So we're walking down and I'm speaking and I'm explaining how I have all these weird nicknames for my friends. And when I describe them, I call Hannah the Jew that ran me over, not trying to say it in like a negative way or anything, but she's Jewish and she's my Jewish friend that we celebrated Jewish stuff with. And she ran me over with the car. So just like I call people, you know, I won't say it, shout it no, out. No, just, just, and that's what I was trying to explain to Hannah while, while we were there. I was trying to explain to her that you and I address people who we who we know about in each other's lives yes. based on either a quirky characteristic of theirs or the worst shit that they've yeah. ever done. Yeah. Right? So you referred to like people who are, like I know, intimately yes. in I very won't shout it out absurd right way. Yeah, they'll like, kill you. The whore. <laughs> I was like, crack house. I'm like, <laughs> so like and, and then and then I allow you to explain how your friends are, are recognized yes. and you have your own but I said that and I literally turned the corner and there's like 12 people just sitting there staring at me and I'm like hello <laughs> sorry I didn't mean to just yell you didn't say anything <laughs> anyways yeah. it was just Very, hilarious yeah quite funny <laughs> Quite, quite funny. I was like, oh, anti-Semitism right before the sound check. I was like, no, I like, didn't no, say I didn't. anything. <laughs> Anti-me. She ran me over with the yeah. car. Anyways. Yeah. And then we were having a conversation, and, and, and I prefaced this because I grew up Jewish, so I think I have some level of equity in this, right? Yes, I was saying that see. I don't, I personally do not understand how it is anti-Semitic when you are referring to a Jewish person as a Jew. I don't I think it's just harsh, you know. It's like, just hard. Yeah, yeah, it has a tone to it, yeah. and I think Jewish people, because of their 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 history of being referred to as something. I have a good example. You know what I mean? Okay, like, it, um, Bill Burr has yeah, this example where he's like, <laughs> "You gotta find that yeah, bit." Like, he's totally like, gotta if find he says, that bit. Wow, there's a lot of. If you say it, wow, there's a lot of motherfucking Asians in this restaurant. That's bad. But if you say, hey, there's a lot of Asian motherfuckers in this restaurant, that's fine. <laughs> it's, you're just, yeah, it's where, you're just you, place, yeah, it's it's where, where you, you place, place the, the curse motherfucker. Word. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can, if you do it before, bad. After, okay. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I just think if you say Jew versus Jewish person, yes. I don't think people will take it in an in a, in a offensive the way. I would say the Jewish lass that ran me over. The Jewish lass? Is that, that bad too? Last? <laughs> oh, I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> what are we in the 1800s? Jesus Christ! What am I sitting on? Like, I don't. I'm just gonna nail in my butt. Um. Yeah. Okay. So that's the end yeah, of that story. So <laughs> <laughs> We're taking but, no music no, but you got into other. Sh- you got you got into other shenanigans. Okay. Like you, yeah. You went out with your peoples and you. you yeah. Were like so Hana, the Jewish last that ran me over. Skateboarding came, or let me let me explain. Let me go explain. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> She came to visit. She's from Arizona. Shout out, Hana. I'm going to let you listen to this episode. Um, and so I got off the plane from El Salvador, went straight to go meet up with her at the bar. And they were all freaking cuckoo birds and like dancing on the bar tables and like getting crazy. And I was like, oh, diarrhea and my head hurts and this sucks. Anyways, I ended up getting pretty drunk. So I was just like, keep the shots going. Keep the shots going. Got back to my house. And I wasn't ready to to stop the party. So I was like, Lillian, let's do extreme rollerblading, which is Lillian driving the vehicle and me holding on to the back of it on my rollerblades. So we went like a few, like maybe like four blocks in, in my neighborhood. And it was all pretty good. It was really actually fucking fun. I had a huge adrenaline rush, but I was screaming at the top of my lungs at like three in the morning. Until we started going up her hill and I crashed into the bumper broke the wiper blade and then 
fell on the ground <laughs> and hurt my knee pretty oh, bad. So you broke her wiper blade? Yeah. <laughs> like, Why were you holding onto the wiper blade? Because we were going the, up her hill. It was like a 90 degree hill. You've been up her hill before, right? Okay. So like I ha- like I was slipping off and I would have uh, gone like backwards, you oh know? It would have yeah. been really scary. So I held on to like the only thing I could clasp without my sweaty hands, you know? And it broke one of the blades off and I was only holding on to one and then I, yeah. that's when I fell. <laughs> But Jimmy was there too, and he was like, "Yo, you guys were so fucking loud. I could literally scream you." And then I posted like a video on Facebook of that happening, and it was just me like, oh, "I'm okay, okay, up, Lillian, I'm okay." <laughs> Did your knee still hurt? No, it's pretty much, it's pretty much better. <laughs> I'm just saying that's gonna be part of like Truth or Dare with Lil MC. It's gonna be extreme blading. Extreme blading. Extreme blading. That's the dare. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. fun. Yeah. It's like going, because you're like, how fast were you going? I'm like, going 10 miles per hour on rollerblades is really fast. It's dangerous. You know? That's just scary as fuck. <laughs> Especially when she's like going and then stopping, and I'm just like jamming into the back of the car. <laughs> uh, what else happened? Um, you had your video, music video shoot. Yes. Your music video shoot um, in Oakland. <laughs> that was crazy. That was knucking futz. <laughs> <laughs> just say, just, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm glad it all went down because you worked really hard on it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Shout out to the directors. Shout out to everyone. Shout, Shout out to everybody Ted who came through. Who shot for me? He also shot the hippie trap video. That's where I found him. He's freaking amazing. Is um, the hippie trap video already out? You I don't know. I, I don't know what they're waiting on for that, but yeah, it's. I think it's like finished. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, also shout out Adam Parmalay. He did the. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. But he did the steady cam. Shout out to Soundwave Studios. I've used them. This is my second video that I've shot there, and they're always super dope and accommodating, and like has a really cool space. Shout out you for DJing, Thank keeping you. the vibes. Um, no, the vibes was the vibes was there. Vibes was there. The vibes was there. Um, I mean, so basically. We had. Is there anyone else like very specific that I'm missing? No, I think just you I mean, invited a bunch of friends everyone, to participate. Yeah. This was originally going to be your birthday party, right? You I have pushed bougie it back. ass friends who have ski week. Yes, apparently. So no, it couldn't. worked out better. Everyone was yeah. available that day, and so it was fine. And then I had people like Jane came through. She did like contortion ballet, and then I had like the premise of the video was it's to the song "This My Year," and the premise is just a wild, crazy, ratchety kinky freaky weirdo party in a warehouse which is exactly what like it was. a micro tourette without regrets exactly yeah mm-hmm. um shout out to dj loot who was there dj loot was Luke there walgreens too. brought his rooster he and literally everyone. brought his cock yeah and there was a whole <laughs> conversation about, <laughs> Talk about that conversation that's so funny <laughs> he was like i'll bring my rooster and then <laughs> who who was oh my god i'm forgetting <laughs> his name right now um gimp hand gimp hand Sorry, I mean, um, oh, it's man. a broken. He has a broken arm. Okay. He has a broken arm. He has a broken arm. Someone, a broken arm. Re- someone replied, "Jesus Christ!" He doesn't really. He just has a broken hand. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting. Can we edit this off here? <laughs> we can't. It's live. Holy cow! I'm getting canceled. <laughs> By your own people. Okay, so <laughs> I'm not even okay. Just continue. Luke mentioned in and, and just can we just first of all talk about the group chat that no one was supposed to reply to, but everybody <laughs> seems to be fucking kumbaya and talking in, which is why you didn't invite me to the group chat because I hate fucking group chats. Well, yeah, I put everyone in a group chat, but it's just like 30 people or 20 right. people, like a large amount of people that express interest, and I didn't drop the address on Facebook because I didn't want just like anyone showing up. I just wanted the people that I knew. So I've created a group chat with all the pertinent information, and I stated no one respond to this group chat. Just respond. To me individually but then i think you know 
people started responding to it and then people started talking in it and then just weird conversations arose from it. So I can So read. Luke mentioned that he was bringing his rooster to which a friend of yours <laughs> replied, oh, so you're bringing your cock? <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> and I'll let you finish it. I don't I wanna, know. I want to read it. But yeah, while you're, while you're looking, I just, I, the, the reason I, I, and it's not that I hate group chats. I hate event-based group chats. I hate the, it's, it's like, it's almost kind of like, like, talking to or or courting somebody who you may have met on like the internet or some shit and then like after the whole after the after you actually meet or date or like whatever the case is and it was whack you don't really want to fuck with them anymore but they keep on texting you every now and again it's literally that it's because after the event is over people still feel the need to talk in the group chat and promote their bullshit and it's like uh, i should delete it then (laughs) okay you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that's that's it, that's the reason I hate it is because like now they have 30 people in this fucking group chat that they can now pass their mixtape off to, and I'm like I don't need to hear <laughs> about your fucking mixtape or see a picture of you and your fucking dog and showing me like I don't need any of that shit. So don't fucking send me no. So I don't like being in in event based group chats. Yes, no, I understand, but it's yeah. also mm-hmm. convenient when you need to pass along information. Anyways, so, I'm gonna give you the lowdown of the funny yeah, part. Okay. So Jane says. Hey, can I bring my dog? Luke says, I was going to bring my rooster. Jane's like, wait, you have an actual rooster? Chad says, so you're going to show up with your cock out. Jane says, you guys, I have autism. I take things literally. I don't know. Luke says, yeah, the cock has been cooped up inside all day. And then, <laughs> and then it just kind of goes on from there. But he actually does and it like a bunch of cock jokes. Like talking about like, oh, yay, Jane's dog could be the mascot. And then Chad's like, it's a toss up between your dog and his cock. The mascot challenge begins and we don't have to fight about it. The cock is flexible. He doesn't even speak, just has a weird scent. It's like all this weird shit about the cock. (laughs) And I'm just like, I honestly don't know if he's going to actually bring her like a dick or like a party. party So he brings brings a stuffed rooster. It's a rooster that's like doesn't move. It's like a like a taxidermist. Yes rooster which i was actually kind of like man i wanted a real fucking rooster i wanted i wanted to see a fucking flying rooster like with the like all that shit i I wanted okay i that would have been made i did not think that was gonna be there but there was a real dog there was a real dog jane and her dog left fairly early before it got too crazy yeah yeah no jane was dope and then we had armando did capoeira which is was really really dope i'd never seen someone that advanced in capoeira do that and then we had quinty la noche she did like a like a knife she came in like a mortal Kombat fucking character yeah well that's what she knew that's what i wanted her to be because i was like i want you to be like how you are like for Tourette's, you know like kinky freaky sexy vibes and then um i had megan my lovely stylist come and do led hula hooping like we just had a I think Cosmo did a fireball. At a certain point, I was getting pretty drunk. So Cosmo uh, did a fireball. I didn't see the fireball. Yeah. I was fucking DJing. I was I know. fucking on stage. I, that might have not happened. I don't. It's like honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot. You had pasties I was, on. I had pasties on. They kind of fell for off. Most halfway. Part, for most, for the most part. <laughs> Whatever. I was like, it's my year. If right. I'm closing during this my year, it's not my year. It's a bad year. It's That's a bad not a good year. year. Yeah. I don't want to be clothed. You were in your birthday suit. <laughs> Titties out. Whatever. But uh, yeah, it was really fun. Uh, a lot of people came through, and I appreciate and love every single person for coming. And you know, just m- making that like at the end when we had a whole circle and people were just dancing off freaky deaky and like you know, it was just fucking dope. And a lot of people that I didn't know came through, came as like plus ones or whatever. So it was just dope. It was like a real party. So 
Yeah, I'm excited was, to see. Was, I'm excited to see how it comes I, out. Yeah, I definitely want to see. Yeah, but we still have a whole nother day of shooting, which is going to be body paint, my tattoo, and we have to do some. <laughs> my friend I see Hannah like two Nori. Two days of shooting. <laughs> I know, but we're trying to do it in one. Hannah Nori came dressed. I, I told her that I needed her to be like the angry neighbor, like complaining about the noise. She dressed up as the angry neighbor, and I couldn't understand why she was dressed the way that she was. Dressed. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know. Yeah, because she like, stuffed I was her. She was wearing a brown like tracksuit, and she stuffed like pillows in her boobs and her ass, and then wore like this gray like curly short wig with like a like a handkerchief and glasses. And looked like so funny. Hey, good chip. And then she and like a valer, uh, 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 velour sweatsuit. Yeah. <laughs> like a fucking retired and, tennis and like, champion. Um, like Birkenstocks and like 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 pink socks underneath. Birkenstocks and pink socks. It was so funny. And then yeah, she just she never really got to do her part, but she's but we're gonna go back and shoot that part. It was, yeah. I mean, I think. At the end, it was hard for me to focus on like all of the different things we needed to do, but we got everything done. So, that's all. Awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what the final product is gonna be. Should we? Do we want to do a music break? Or are we like fuck it? Um, no, we could totally do a music break. Um, what are we thinking? Because a lot of albums dropped, a lot of music dropped. Meg The Stallion dropped, and she's going through label problems. So we could talk about that a little bit on the other side. Janae Aiko dropped. Lil Uzi Vert dropped. Um, that album was trash. Yeah, there was a lot of things that I wasn't really excited about. That yeah, dropped. nothing really excited. Um, me. On some real hip hop shit, Royce the Five Nine dropped. Made I haven't heard that dropped. yet. It's, it's pretty. I good. have not heard it yet. Pretty good. What about the um, Bodie? Bodie James. Bo- yeah. Bodie James had his album already dropped. Um, but we can play something off of it if you have a specific record. And shout out to Bodie James for being um, the newest member of Griselda. That's dope. Um, I'm excited about that. I mean, I think his style matches theirs or complements theirs very much. So, um, yeah, who are, we, who are we playing? Who are we playing? Um, play um, something from Royce. All right, let's go with Royce. Oh, by the way, Royce coming out soon. Joe Budden podcast coming out soon. Oh, yeah. To the Bay. Uh, Action Bronson coming to the Bay. Oh, what's happening? I don't know. Oh, is that me? Is that, yeah. Oh, my God. Sorry. It was like a commercial. Yeah. So, no. um, Yeah. Joe Budden podcast is coming out live. And we're going. We're totally going. Shout out to Ren. The Vinyl Archaeologist True School for, for hooking yes, that up. thank you. Um, tickets on sale now. If y'all want to join us and get into the shits, it's going to be fun as oh fuck. God, I can't wait. Like I'm more excited Joe about that than is. anything else. I know. Um, Royce the Five Nine is going to be at the Cornerstone in uh, May. Is it May? I forget, but yeah. just look it up. Yeah, he's coming. Action Bronson coming. Um, yeah. Sampa the Great, who's really fucking dope. She's coming. Um, there's just a lot. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I hope those concerts don't get shut down because of Corona, but... There's a lot of, I think people are just on that spring tour route right now and coming through to the Bay because there's a lot of good concerts coming and you're totally. opening up. Do you want to give yourself a shout out? Yeah, um, I'm opening up. I'm, I'm coming off of hiatus, so I'll be doing a show this Saturday at the, the Young Museum if people want to be bougie and come to the, the Young Museum to see some hip hop shit. Have the rat- I mean, save that for the families. I think you should try to get your ratchets out to yeah. your like, other like. Nah, yeah, shows. I mean, yeah, if you want to come out to that, whatever. Um, just be part of the art. But no, uh, March 27th, I am opening up for Fashawn and Jay Stone at the Cornerstone. It's a Friday, so you don't really have an excuse not to come out pull up tickets are on sale now link is in my bio it's gonna be a good show it's gonna be my first one like my first real hip-hop show this year so i'm really excited to like 
shut shit down better than everybody else. I feel bad because I have I I'm performing that same day, so I don't want to like. You don't really feel bad. You chose to. Well, it's Queen's it's Queen's birthday show, oh. so Queen is like. I love Queen. Salute Queen to Unique. Queen. You know, yeah. she got us this podcast <laughs> gig. So, yeah, I'm for sure going to like perform if she asks me. Uh, but, yes, and we're not going to compete over who goes to who. If you want. What? Well, because we're both promoting shows on the same day. They're both on the 27th. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you get this pod, you'll promote that one. And then the next one, I'll promote Queen's. Yeah, I mean, they can go to. It, they can go to both? No, they can't go to both. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm just saying, if you want, I don't know. I'm not even going to get into it. Um, <laughs> but then, no, then then we both are performing uh, April 2nd for the Hip Hop for Change 7th year anniversary at Era Art Bar. Yes. That's going to be cool. A um, bunch of other performers. Uh, In Oakland. Mika the Dragon, RSB the Songbird, Lovey, some members of the Hip Hop for Change staff are going to be performing. I will be headlining that show. And then, last but not least, I'm going to be opening up for Goody Mob for their 25th anniversary hey. tour of their album Soul Food. So it will be Goody Mob with CeeLo Green um, at the New Parish May 3rd, which is a Sunday. So I'm really excited about that. Tickets are going to be on sale soon. Um, probably by next week, I'll make the official audition announcement. Um, but yeah, let's get into some. Yeah, I have. Wait, I have a, a couple more things to announce. Yeah. Uh, doing oh, you're a doing show. OPL. OPL. Old Princeton Landing in Half Moon Bay, March 20th. El Desense of Artifacts and Outsider Syndicate and Sci4 and hold on, I want to get everyone um, down. Yeah, it's gonna be dope. Um, no, no, no. Sorry, 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 sorry. Who else is on this lineup? Sorry, just bear with me for one second. Um, DJ Jima, um, who's going performing with Saif One. And there's some other DJs from... I'm just fucking up you're, right now. I'm sorry. Okay. We have one New more. New music. Wait, Royce I have one the more. <laughs> you sure? Kayla Love's birthday party. Is on March 25th. Is it? Let me double check. Let me double check. Yo, I'm sorry. I don't have everyone's fucking lineup down to a motherfucking T, okay? This is why I'm not like a host. So Kayla's birthday party. Why isn't she having on her fucking shit? Kayla, where is it? Do you know when it is? No. Okay, well, it's Kayla Love's birthday party. It's going to be really dope. I'm going to be opening. Or I'm going to be, yeah, opening for her. So it was Daylight, uh, I think, who else is going to be there? I, Forced to Fly, I believe. Um, yeah, I think that's all she has so far in the lineup. She might add more. And that is going to be on the 28th. So I was wrong. March 28th, Kayla Love's birthday bash, Elba Room, Jack London. There we go. All right. Now Where's the 5-9? <laughs> Music, please. All right. Whatever. <laughs> Let's get into it. Hold on. To Ratchet and Woke on FCC. When it ain't nothing left to be for these hoes but a bitch. It ain't nothing left of heat on the stove but a brick. It ain't nothing left to eat for the poke but the rich. Time to divvy up your pieces with the deal. All my people gonna be speaking what they feel. All my people gonna be eating what they kill. 
Rob the rich and leave him with the fucking bill. We gon' rob the rich and leave him with the fucking bill. We gon' rob the rich and leave him with the fucking bill. Rob the rich and leave him with the fucking bill. Roll this weed with your degrees up in hell. All y'all dudes is straight facades, you just lying scheme Mark Cuban, Ryan, your shooters, you just buy a team Start a beef on IG and hide behind a meme Dark secrets closet probably look like Halloween Y'all come out the closet just to market y'all new garbage I'm inside your bitch apartment, dick is parked about nine inches in the carcass Like Mr. Marcus, too narcissistic to be licking carpet Too artistic to nut, this a catharsis Fuck all that shit you talking Y'all won't stand, y'all won't kneel, all y'all with is marching Hard labor for your racist Caucasian bosses Talking straight into a wire while it's taped across you I'm still learning, wheels turning, trying to get the fortune My side chick is still burning, now my dick is scorching Talking about I think I'm pregnant, I'm not with abortion Any child that slides out here is an instant orphan That's why it's nothing left to be for these hoes but a bitch It ain't nothing left of heat, only stove but a brick It ain't nothing left to eat for the poke but the rich Time to divvy up your pieces, what the deal? All my people gon' be speaking what they feel. All my people gon' be eating what they kill. Rob the rich and leave them with the fucking bill. We gon' rob the rich and leave them with the fucking bill. We gon' rob the rich and leave them with the fucking bill. Rob the rich and leave them with the fucking bill. Roll this weed with your degrees up in hell. Your video got four million hits Oh shit, somebody told you you rich You been mixing up your passion with your goals For that fix, for that rose, for that wrist For that blow, for that sniff I was still a slave just 400 years ago Going massive for a cracker wearing a robe And I just did a deal for my masters and my soul For that whip, whole clan is in the phantom Damn the rose haven't switched Look, I'm trying to just survive until my payday Dodging these piranhas trying to rob me Thoughts around me, hollering date rape The bitch that's with me now, all she like to do is kill since 69, all she gets is time, shit, I ain't signed a treyway. Now I'm falling in the downward spiral. My main hoe is Bow Wow, side hoe with model in the bio. I'm starting to sound dated, cause I ain't paid attention to the climate since the nene. I remember spraying Chris, hanging, playing Hurricane Chris. Hey, baby, now I serve sipping cane sniff, playing Dre Day. Now don't nobody come and kick it, damn Pele. Wishing that I had one wish, playing Ray J. I feel like I'm sitting on the plane that's going down, and I'm a pigeon with no wings. Calm down, it's your pilot First class, the way you flying Fuck them niggas, that's in coach They too far, can see your road They mad that coach designed your coat I seen it all before, what minute they this shit The next some niggas ain't got a commode To take a shit in, not the any feelings Reminiscing, talking about Remember when then, nigga no I Don't, if it ain't been this We ain't never spoke I try to stop me when I'm in the airport To take a pic cause I won't even Pose with your poses Sorry, I don't know you. I'm on my mom, nigga. It's my shit, nigga. I'm taking it right now, nigga. 2019 is my year. I reported the whole mixtape for 24 hours, nigga. And I dropped it the next day on my mixtape. You niggas is trash, bruh. Making all this trash ass fucking music, bruh. Saturating the fucking game, bruh. Get the fuck out my way, bruh. I said back 2018, I said back 2017. And watch all you lame man rap niggas, bruh. Sit down and fuck the whole rap game up, bruh. Trolling this shit, bruh.
Why are those people crying? Watch out for the double crust. Is it for something they've lost? Teardrops and closed cast. Why are those people crying? Mafia, You're listening to Ratchet and Woke on FCC Free Radio. Let's get it. I used to get confused, choosing my battles wisely I had to pick and choose, my friends came and went But most of them was murder victims Dead before 20, a quarter frame And had to serve a sentence Free my nigga Raymond, realest nigga from the murder mitt Stood tall, hit a nigga for 1036 Cause all he wanted to do was boil And spread the rock around Build my foundation on solid ground Always in and out of town Waking up out of my sleep to them chopper rounds Sticking to Glico, Coleco vision Me and Nico off the Clico, we got Got three hoes kissing, niggas eating, getting fat, laced the mosquito dripping. Wishful thinking with the bag, we get them kilos missing. Grew up in a hellhole, that's why I think so twisted. When your wife be a rich bitch, it make you tree hoes different. Had to pay my respect, ain't taking likely to no threats. Take a nigga connect, kill him in blatant disrespect. Erasing with a text, pop up at your mother crib. From the city where niggas get hit for shit that they brother did. Fuck a gig, my niggas out here gritting and up in strigs. Ain't have a fuck to get. But shit for now, it's just what it is Grandma cussing me out Quit running in and out the house What's all the fuss about? It's either cut me in or cut it out And grew up with no silver spoon We had to thug it out I hit a half a slab in my room Just waiting for the drought That money come and go But who gon' be there when it's gone? When you was off your square But I bet they was there when it was on The moment all your talk is gone No minutes on your phone God bless the child who hold his own That shit hit close to home When everything you ever loved You lost to the gun from all the you done done, but down the line I could cost you a son Yeah. 
muchas decepciones eh, Mentiras de estos cabrones eh, Una vez más le fallaron Darí una oportunidad pero se le acabaron Llegó Solia salió sin la amiga Revela en el alcohol buscando una salida De esa relación de mentira A mí ya vi como me miras Te lo repito por si se te olvida Envíale un mensaje que diga que no Tú dejo sola Porque puedo bailarte Si tu día vuelvo a verte No me importa de esa cuna Tú dejo sola Porque puedo bailarte Si tu día vuelvo a verte
fuck what you heard This for who walk down that road Sold everything but they sold Straight off the curb Real niggas rich as you nerds Address the whom and make it sound I don't do this for nothing Hustling, we motivating, we here. FCC Free Radio. You may unlearn the world, Lil MC, Ratchet and Woke Podcast. Check us every Monday, 8 to 10 p.m. Um, shout out to everybody who tunes in. Shout out to everybody who t- taps in with us on Instagram. Was it canceled Facebook. us yet? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> what do you call it? Uh, yeah. If you have comments, questions, or battle bars, or anything that you want to send us our way, then Hit up Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, like us on Facebook, like us on Instagram, follow our zany, crazy stories, as well as our individual IG accounts, Lil MC and Amp. Unlearn the world, you know the vibes. But we're here with our special guest. Super really, special. I've been, I've been really excited for this. Yes. We've talked really about you like every episode. You were like, in one uh, form uh, yeah, like a ghost. One, in, in many incarnations, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because a lot of my kooky antics uh, are stemming from threats without regrets in one way or another. Oh, that's good. Or, or other, pe- other it's guests. It's the birthplace for her ratchet behavior. Yeah, really, yeah. <laughs> well, but not even she, the birthplace. Not it's the like birthplace. The, it's like the farming ground. Like, you know what I'm saying? She, like she, she came natu- in ratchet. We did not rub off Exactly. Ratchet. It was like she had natural <laughs> ratchet me. talent. And you guys saw it and honed it. Yes. And and then she 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 hit it the big leagues. Accepted <laughs> me for who I am. We exactly. definitely encourage yeah ratchet and just any kind of fucking get out there behavior. That's, but you are ratchet and woke. You are like the epitome <laughs> of ratchet and woke. I don't. I would. I'll take ratchet happily. Woke always. I don't know if I like that term ever. I know it's we. We also <laughs> I, hate, that, I term. hate that term with a passion. We, One. <laughs> I'm like okay. So the contrast is that you're fucking asleep like in a coma. <laughs> Right. So it's like there's no middle ground. And I just have always resented anybody that ever has any kind of self-serving heroic vibe like that immediately turns my stomach. Okay, Well, just as, as, uh, <laughs> instead of the word woke, you're very you know, I mean, intelligent. Right, but it's like it's like when people are like, I'm a conscious rapper. I already don't like him. I, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I don't I, know what I'm, other terms. And I, use, I, 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 I almost like trust them less than someone who's like. I'm a gangster rapper, then I'm like, all right, you're probably pretty honest. You know what I mean? You probably lie about how much money you have and how much drugs you and sell. we're probably a bit but, jaded because we live in Oakland and there's so many fucking woke people that it makes me want to vomit. Well, I think with Oakland, it's always been the rivalry of like sort of Oakland versus everybody. But I mean like Oakland being on the border of Berkeley, yes. right? Which is 
prided itself on this kind of liberal consciousness for a while and Oakland was always grimy and gritty and San Francisco was also you know a contrast and so to me that sort of Oakland mentality has always been pretty full force like down to scrap all the riots are better there you know people would come to riot in Oakland <laughs> so it's like the <laughs> it's playground like the social for justice ratchet. movements like a birthplace there there's i mean right political I mean, activism it's, it's, a, it's a weird juxtaposition right like you have you have the rise of the black panthers in the 60s in oakland but just as much as you have that you have like you know people who made millions of a fucking crack in the same right. like, the like literally within genre. but you know what i'm saying but literally like people forget like one if, if we're gonna like paint socially conscious artists or like yeah, artists yeah. with substance right hieroglyphic stands up there as one of the like pinnacles of like real hip-hop with a message socially conscious whatever and they're from east oakland like people forget you know what i'm saying and i often equate it to me like people forget that because i talk about social conscious things or i i'm I'm a, I'm a professor i'm a dude from washington heights manhattan like the shit that like I my parents weren't like fucking professors like you know what I mean like they were dope dealers like they <laughs> like that you know what I'm saying but like people forget that weird like they think that because you have a certain message and I think a lot of people just take themselves way too seriously number one That's and they're looking is. for identity and they're looking for for some some aesthetic that represents what they feel inside so it becomes this whole almost a performance in a way you know what I mean so I always stay leery of people who are like oh like yeah I mean I see it happen you see it happen on Facebook all the time and <laughs> yeah. I mean when when Facebook became this new invention and I was like sort of watching it as a microcosm of human behavior it's the same where I find that a lot of socially conscious kind of mobs that pretty much there's this implicit agreement that happens on Facebook which is basically I'm going to tear somebody else down to implicitly make myself look better so they're like I would never say something like this because this is so ridiculously unwoke you know and the implicit you know underlying theme is that I am an elevated human and a lot of times it's just those are the same as preachers those are usually like the people hiding the biggest secrets the most hypocritical the most contradictory like I just I just don't trust them the same right <laughs> you know yeah, exactly. Judgmental. exactly well I mean that's the, and that's like a lot of like I, I, I at one point I was a I'm a recovering socially conscious artist <laughs> that's how I like that's how I like to say it because for years like I have degenerated this person, into right like I but I have this personality ratchet. that would not <laughs> reflect itself in my music if you listen to like my early mixtapes you wouldn't hear like the shit like that i actually am and like what i actually talk about and like who who like i really am because there was just like this desire to 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 put out a message and then to be overly pretentious about that message and then right. it was, like it would got to and then you know it takes growing up and it takes going through some real ass shit that you need to talk about otherwise you're gonna blow your fucking brains out for you to realize like i'm painting myself in this corner right. of not being able to be human yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Where my, my experience as a human being is this broad spectrum of like ratchet shit, fucking cool protest movements and all of that shit. It's like a good amalgam of all these different things. And that's an honest experience that I can give to people if I can articulate it in, in the best way possible. Right. I think I'll find my niche. And, you know, it, it took years to do that but i think i finally hit that stride like i think one of the one of the compliments i get a lot is like or one of the things that people reflect on with me is like 
you 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 say like really willy street shit, but at the same time you say like positive messages. It's like <laughs> right, I really love, right. and I'm like, thank you. That's exactly that's you're the person I who gets it, and that's who I appreciate. You know what I'm the saying? Duality. But then with the, at, at the same time, I'll be at like a house party and people pull me to the side. I'm like, you know, I, I heard one of your records, and um, I just I don't. I don't know how I feel about. I'm like, what you say? You called someone. A, you said like something about a thought in a record or something, or like. No, I mean it was like early <laughs> on when I first started coming onto the scene. My name is uh-huh. Unlearn the World, so people automatically just like project this like woke ass vibe to me because I'm saying unlearn, like I'm protesting learning, right? Uh-huh. Like it's like uh-huh. so people. So I would do these shows and I would say like hella ratchet shit in certain songs, and they literally have pulled me to the side and have conversations with me about like misogyny and respecting women or advocating for violence. I'm like sometimes you know I. I fuck women and punch people in the mouth it right. happens sometimes like right. it ju- not at the same time right. but it happens sometimes and if i'm not able to articulate that experience in a very honest way how who am i serving in that I, guy you know I was, yeah i also think that oftentimes it's like they they usually gang up and just like on the wrong people you know what i mean in yeah. terms of the people who are who are trying to be as human and and upfront about darker instincts or whatever they're like upfront about it and I feel like a lot of times when an artist is able to express those ideas, that means they've thought about it a great deal, like right. to some degree. So it's like the folks who are the most, who are most in the dark and need to be need to be talked to are like the folks who aren't really talking about shit at all. Right. You know, I, like the most dangerous person in any rap troupe is the one who can't rap. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, exactly. That's the person 100%. you need to keep your eye on. Also, we're talking about people that are hella woke in their songs, but like they're literally saying nothing. Like they're just talking about trees and flowers and like it's yeah, easy it's and it's, like it's, chakras. It's all, I'm like, but what are you saying? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like, what is, what is the message here? It's like, also sage. like easy platitudes, and also I just don't understand where we got to this point where people act like they don't like fucking violent shit you know it's like we'll hit a point where they're like oh let's all i'm like everybody you love violence you You know what i mean they love violence you're like if you touch like at your Tourette show you'll be like you touch a woman without asking i will fucking stab you in the throat i encourage the audience to stab them in the throat it's a a very nuanced a very nuanced difference (laughs) you know uh reach one teach Uh, one you know it's like i'm not gonna stab you i encourage you to stab stab them because you know krav maga shit that uh, Krav Maga does not recommend for you to stab anybody. No, because uh, it recommends it's, it's, it's on, on Israeli defending, martial arts, and you'll yeah, kill de- everybody in the defending room. Defending yourself, building, from getting, getting stabbed. <laughs> I mean, I think that 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 to me has always been an aspect. It's like the difference between pacifism and resistance, and like revolt, and like you know, just like where is the line? I, there's nothing worse than when you talk to someone where you realize that they probably have never been punched in the face. You know, mm, it's like there's certain them. people that talk yeah, like that. Like, oh, yeah. you never, like, you, you have like never, never fought. You have <laughs> never been in a fight. You know what I mean? Like you talk like you've never been punched in the face, and because getting punched in the face, especially for some shit you said or when you stepped over the line, is a very profound learning experience. Or you've you never know? punched someone in the face for stepping over the line. Right, that's true. Definitely or, done that. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, it's that kind of balance. And I mean, we haven't had a shooting at Tourette's uh, ever, and so I think a lot of my hosting style actually originated from that i mean it's like when we started in oakland there were like three venues right around that oakland metro that all shut down because they had a hip-hop event and someone got shot and then we have and i would I hear about that. all these venues because they're like oh man you got a rap battle awesome we got a rap battle on you know friday nights you come through and i would 
get flyers and I would go to show up and the shit would already be shut down because someone got shot. <laughs> so what do you think was different about what you were doing that prevented all of this violence? Uh, one is that I, they felt like it wasn't their territory, that they felt overwhelmed. I think that there, there's a very distinct vibe of... Uh, basically, anyone walks in there doesn't really feel like it's totally their scene. So it's a little confusing to everybody. Like burlesque folks are like around gold tooth rappers. Rappers are around circus folks. Yeah. Like poets are around acrobats. And so like no one walks in there with like being like, this is my world. I run this shit. Right. right? So it's all a little so bewildering where. And so and basically we force everyone to get along, you know, and I like am very emphasizing that from having the whole audience hug in the beginning. And also, I think it's casually dropping uh, not so veiled references to violence of like, look, we're here to have a fun time, but don't get out of line because we'll still get Oakland on it. But it's mm -hmm. like we can all enjoy ourselves for one night. And that's also saying shit in the rap battle, too, to like, you know, we have respect for all the MCs here, like. You know what I mean? Like making sure everybody's cool so that it's about art and performance because the second it turns into something that's not art and performance, that's when you get into a fucking mess. You know, but you've had shit happen before, right? Like in another venue. I want to get. Are you yeah, I've been, I've been attacked on stage. I've been. No, yeah, I've been, they I mean, used to have another Tourette's spot. We all, all kinds of shit has has <laughs> happened. I mean, no shootings though, thankfully. Okay. But wasn't there no like a shootings. fire or something? A fire. Or was it that someone pulled out a gun or something? Uh, way open. back in the Vallejo days, uh, a guy became a good friend of mine. Uh, the first time I met him, yeah, he pulled out a gun. So he <laughs> he taught, he pulled out a gun and cocked it underneath his chin. Is is uh, my boy Rupert? But he I never met him. Uh, found out later that he had like robbed a couple houses that week. Was like in a straight. Uh, you know, little little Filipino factions Falling of the Crips. Yeah. Like <laughs> well, he was That's he was just fun. like he was a fucking little young fucking thug punk motherfucker. And so you know, and, <laughs> but he happened to write poems. <laughs> so when I met him, I read him all wrong. He looked like this little punk rocker, and I just tried to talk to him about. I was like, oh man, this show's crazy. There's fucking fire, and you know, I thought that he, I don't know. I was just reading him wrong. I tried to give him a flyer, and he was like, well, how's the poetry? And I was like. Uh, it's great, I get you Are know. And, pros of eloquence. Yeah, and he asked about Robert Frost. He said he likes Jesus Robert Frost Christ. a lot. I started dissing Robert Frost. Yeah, don't ever name drop yeah. Robert. No, don't ever pull out a gun after somebody disses Robert Frost. Yeah, he ended up showing up that night and like threw up three times before he went on stage because he was so nervous. And oh, then he shit, tied God. for a poem and had a little twenty-two snub nose and then pulled it out. And was reading his piece and cocked it under his chin. That is and terrifying. Then, and dropped to his knees, cocked it under his chin, finished his piece, and then put the gun back in his waistband. And that was how I met him. And we ended up, I ended up doing like, wait, performing wait, wait, like 100 wait, plus wait, schools to this guy. Was that the tiebreaker poem? Is it that... was a tiebreaker poem, yep. And Did he, he, win? he broke the tie. Yeah, I'm not, yeah you're bringing <laughs> a gun win. on stage and like feigning suicide. Like, yeah. It I was, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, even years later when I asked him about it, it never really made much sense. I mean, it, it's basically, all I knew is that he had it on him and then he hid it in the bathroom. For the first half of the show, like behind a wastebasket, I don't Michael know why. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then, and then I guess he thought he was Nuts. done, so he had the gun back on him. And then when he tied and he told me he had to perform again, 
then he just thought that he was like, I don't know, I was just really feeling that moment. <laughs> he was in character. So, even, that wasn't mean, even planned. That was just like an instinctual. Yeah, yeah. that was that was, was one. And then but there, did you, you know, guys get in trouble for that? No, weirdly okay. enough, we did not. Um, that those Vallejo editions kept getting shut down um, when the cops would find out where it was and. One of the last shows we did in Vallejo, the cops told us that they were going to come in in riot gear um, and shut the show down if it like went one minute over like 9 p.m. or something. So we made a bunch of posters Jesus. and we called the night Cop Night and all these pictures of cops beating people on it. And that was our poster. <laughs> we kept getting everyone excited for Cop Night, but uh, um, what and they year still, was this? They this still this ago? is like way early. This is like 2000 when yeah. it started. And how long has has Torres been around? 1999. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, 1999. That's crazy. So it's old enough to drink. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Like right <laughs> at the start. Yeah. <laughs> right at the start. It uh, like started. Most people's been drinking for a long time. Sure. It started in Benicia, Benicia Vallejo, and then it when it went to Oakland, and then when it was in Oakland, that that was. I mean, it just followed me to Oakland basically, and then uh, it had like different kind of incarnations, and then uh, when it went started at the Oakland Metro is when it really started to become more of what. It is now, I think. Did but you it's, do it's one always in like evolved. Sacramento, though? I remember, and I asked you if there are things I shouldn't mention, and you said nothing. So yeah, you I'm assuming this is okay. A Sacramento Tourette's? <laughs> like I remember when we were driving up, mm. and we were just uh, we were driving up to the Tourette's show that in one time, Humble. and we were just chatting for hours and mm. hours. And I thought you told me that like there was a time when there was a fire, or there was another Tourette's show you did that got shut down, like it. I don't know if it was the gun thing. There, no, the about. gun thing didn't shut it down. Um, it's been shut down several times. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember all of the lists. There's a. Uh, there's sometimes that would like a, a venue would shut down or like kick us out and then oh the, you're talking about the night we tried to get banned that's what you're talking about so Explain. that was that was in Oakland that was at the store club we we had been doing this uh, series at the store club and it had just become a total slop uh, shit show it just become like a G.G. Allen Andy Kaufman hot mess of fucking <laughs> of just it was just a car wreck like it was just true chaos and had just sort of degenerated um, and it was just fucking out of hand uh, and I knew that I wanted to end that sort of era of Tourette's because I was like you know I was like what do I want this thing to be I don't want this to be this like just disturbing shit show of chaos like I, I want it to be what it is now it's just sort of like a almost like a game show of art on acid or something <laughs> wow, <laughs> I like that. I like whatever like whatever that it's become but uh so we decided for our last show at the store club that we wanted to see if we could get kicked out um and banned from the store club for our last show and so we build it as the worst show ever uh on all the flyers and all the promo and we just called it the worst show ever and told the venue that this is our last show yeah and we uh when we did everything possible and they didn't ban it the opening band uh had a vacuum they weren't really a band they just existed they it's called bobby weirdos and they actually existed to only get kicked out of venues so they had what? they had played three times and the goal was to always get kicked out and by banned. doing what like uh, well, this thing? one is uh they had what a they vacuum the press kit? yeah they had a they had a vacuum cleaner <laughs> that they uh <laughs> a, a guy they had a vacuum cleaner they turned upside down a guy vomited into the vacuum cleaner <laughs> they turned on the vacuum cleaner then lit it on fire and then they sprayed it with a fire extinguisher 
but the fire extinguishers is aimed towards the audience. So within 15 minutes of the show started, the whole venue had to be evacuated uh, for like 15, 20 minutes. But then they kept the show going. To get to air out of all of this fire extinguisher, which is the most toxic shit ever. And we waited for air out, and then we just came back, and we kept going. And everything well, that's was entertainment. in the sh- Everything in this show is like the worst in the world. Yeah, it was the I've worst rap battle. Before, so. It was the worst rap battle in the world. So the rappers had to rap the worst would be the winner. And the worst slam and musical chairs with like 10 players in one chair for like 10 minutes. It is people beating each other over a chair. Who, that was when Pig Hearts the, introduced themselves. Oh, really? So, yeah. Who won the worst rap battle? Uh, fuck, you'd have to ask Asher. It was so bad. Uh, <laughs> it was really hard for them to rap badly. Uh the problem is bad rappers usually are trying they usually are very arrogant about it (laughs) you know what i mean i feel like only a good rapper can actually rap badly on purpose you know because really hard right because i mean like bad rappers when you see them in a battle and whatnot they're oddly like sometimes the most arrogant They're completely oblivious yeah they rap for like it's like they don't notice they don't know that they're not using the mic right they don't fucking care about the audience they don't seem to understand that they are not connecting to the crowd at all. And then they get hella angry. <laughs> and they blame lost. it on other yeah. things. Yeah, and they're like, yes. fuck this yeah, show. Like, I'm bodying this. Why are you not impressed by me? <laughs> yeah, and they, and they <laughs> rage about it after. You're and not landing on the four beats. Yeah, and I, it's always weird. It's like, because I, I, I think like the best battle MCs have always learned how to be just better performers through it. Because they realize, all right, this is a show. Like outside of the rap you know ethos and shit of like i'm gonna fucking tear you up with it but you're still in front of a crowd so it's like you have to perform yeah Yeah. whoever's more entertaining is better mic control like all that shit is a factor past just random ass bars like you can win a battle with like three lines and just a bunch of shit but if you land those three lines incredibly the crowd will go fucking crazy you can just be like you know and then just just punchline and your mama's a hoe yeah (laughs) seriously you just say dick or or yeah. like titty or yeah, like I mean, lick my pussy and you got that in the it's back. It's a show. <laughs> yeah, there's been lots of fire and all sorts of carnage and uh, you know, you it's uh, we've done probably about every incarnation of punk rock shock madness. Um, I don't toss as much meat as I used to. Um, yeah, I think that was the first one I went to. You guys did meat pig also. heart baseball, and I was like, pig heart baseball. Yeah, this has to be fake because I had no fucking clue what to expect when I first went to. Oh church. my god! I was and you saw pig heart baseball was the I first saw, one you yeah. went to. <laughs> I, I also thought it was just a rap battle, so like I went there and like hell fucking nervous at like eight o'clock, like signed up and thinking I was like about to go, and, and then like, I was like, what is happening? okay, there's a hell of other shit happening right now. Like, yes, is there even a rap shit. battle? Like, <laughs> there and then is. they just announced like randomly, like if you're in the rap battle, go find Asher. And I'm like, who the fuck is Asher? Like, oh, gotcha. We usually bring him out, and yeah, we try. I mean, the, there used to be if I had a perfect magic. Well, how it used to be was that there would be a dirty haiku bout, and then there would be the first round of the battle. So the battle was actually a earlier part of the show but fucking MCs would never show up on time so we had to give it up even though I think it would make for a better show because people see rap earlier and Mm -hmm. whatever but you can give all the love to hip hop blunt time you know like a first round and then yeah yeah so you go you go like almost like a sudden death where like I mean, it was awesome when it worked because, like, you'd have cats like Thesaurus who would show up and in like 30 seconds just demolish people, and everyone would be like, "Who the fuck was that?" And then they would come back That's later. Crazy that and, like, the Thesaurus started there, though. 
I mean, he, you guys I mean, had some legend people. He, with you guys. yeah, I would say that it was, it was, it was not like he like started started there, but he he had battled like a couple other places, but they weren't ever any kind of a consistent series. But Tourette's was the only rap battle that was yeah. every month. And we were actually on time, and we showed up, and it happened. You know, like I mean? le- I've been to like actual legitimate rap battles that fly me out, and it's like a thousand times more disorganized and shitty than. They're f- a lot of them are fucking straight up disasters, and then they They're don't fucking, air them, and it's all this, they drive me nuts. Yeah, where I'm just it's like all political, really, because they'll they'll. I've had my shit not even air, and it really pisses me the fuck off. Because I'm like, why the fuck did I waste my time? I just don't know. I don't. Parts? I don't know when it became cool to just like fucking run a sloppy slipshod mess of an event like i don't know why that 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 is not keeping it real that is just keeping it fucking weak i mean i think battle of the zay does a good job have you you yeah go to it oh yeah yeah, we were supposed to go that no i've been a couple times what's the one that frack that we were supposed to go to that frack did recently uh that was uh return that was king of the dot yeah yeah. Yeah, it was king of the dot but yeah i mean they become all day events and I don't know. Frankly, I mean, it's like coming from the theater world, circus world, music world, like there is no fucking margin for fucking around in that. You know what I mean? Like a band ends, you have one last song, bam, you have a half hour changeover and you have a crack crew and then a half hour you're on and that's it. And like in circus, they have walkie talkies and like you're, you know, because you're doing dangerous Mm -hmm. shit. Then it comes to a rap battle. It's like one guy is high as fuck holding a crumpled piece of paper and he's in charge, (laughs) you know, and you're like, where, why, this is not gangster, dude. This is fucking sloppy. Yeah, Yeah. very disorganized. And it fucks up the shows because it drains the, the, you know, the, audience's energy you're there too long and i was standing you know i've been in battles where i'm standing next to people who i've like brought to the battle hyping them up and like oh man you need to see this shit live and they're like when the fuck is this thing happening right, yeah. you know like I've no been one here, knows what's going on i've been here three hours and like it's always it's driven me <laughs> mad because it's just like it's not that fucking hard to do it like shouldn't be hard fucking about. punk rockers who do heroin can fucking do it better than that but like I think come it's on the rappers too to be honest i think they're like i'm not ready yet or like they're late and shit like, but they're always gonna say that yeah i mean i just think that rappers in general especially battle rappers yeah but if they're on the letterman show late. they're gonna do their song when the producer's like this is when you're okay you're on yeah you know what i mean that's the thing is that you just need to do it like a real show that, that's true I mean, I think that Tourette's is really well organized, you know, like you guys. We try, yeah. I mean, we, yeah, I mean, I notoriously hate fucking, I just hate dead time so much. Um, way back in the day when it was a, a shit show, that was what, one of the main things that I eliminated right away. I wanted a, I wanted a show that was like Cracker Jacks, just like bam, bam, you bam. Have to do that. Really like exactly. a, a TV show or a movie or something that's right. like, and then we cut to whatever. Exactly. Um, yeah. And that's, pretty much what has always been fixed and improved on and any night that that is not working is the night that I'm like walking around seething because I want the audience to not have enough time to think to not have enough time to uh, you know like de- debate or yeah, yeah it's short attention span theater right. and also it's just like when your show is like bam 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 it retains the audience like yeah, that's it, one thing I've always appreciated keeps the crowd it keeps like them, they, it's the momentum stay until the end yeah, it's it's the momentum of the show, and and there's also a sense of you don't know what's coming next. Um, that the energy remains high. That it's like if someone slays it at some type of performance, the next performer's rolling off that energy. So like you know, a stand-up comedian can be hilarious, but then a contortionist can like 
jaw, you know, drop oh, jaws. Right. And then there's someone, the one after that, still riding on that. And so when it, yeah, when I see shows and it just, you know, crawls to a halt because the host is just talking about themselves or it's like whatever. And, you know, we have a lot of crazy things we try to pull off in three hours and sometimes they're yeah. almost impossible. Um, it's so a lot of shit. It's a lot. There's, there's a, a lot. lot of, yeah. part, but you have a team. Like that's, and that's, I think. The, yeah. The best I mean, part, right? I used like, to do the dedicated. whole show by myself, which was really stupid. We have like stage it, manager, you have a DJ and you guys all yeah. have like honed into this. Now you guys all are like, moving parts that we are try to be ninja shit yeah. yeah ninja shit i mean that's that's how it should be though it is that like I, I really wish a lot of folks would would learn from that not even from us but just go to like real shows because all that other fucking hip-hop blunt bullshit yeah would fucking get shut down in a millisecond people you, like what are you doing who does the promote <laughs> do you do all the promoting yourself no no otherwise okay. i wouldn't be alive well that's another right. thing i think about hip-hop shows <laughs> aside from the fact that like people i mean it's all an energy flow thing right like you know you don't want to have like your fucking headliners with the bangers be the openers you know it's just right. common sense but people sometimes don't know how to curate um like a, right. a show but i think also, it's like assigning roles to different people. Like, you shouldn't be the person curating the event, hosting the event, you know, running promo. Spawn. Like, you shouldn't be doing all those things. That's right. too much for one if person. You, when you start out, you might have to. Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, live, yeah, having a stage manager, for instance, is just like the most key element to possibly have. Is that, you know, if your host is also the stage manager... And slash doing all of the payouts or the whatever. Oh, yeah. That person is going to get overwhelmed in a millisecond. You're getting texted by a million people, too. You're, like, trying to make sure people arrive on time. Yeah, like, all, it's a bunch all of, of that. Shit. It's, just, it's just impossible. It doesn't allow you to focus. I mean, a lot of it, I think, that is, like, film sets, I think, are actually the best model for efficiency. Um, that because that they have such high stakes on so much money that comes down to moments sometimes of like you know this car is going to explode whatever and we're filming it with these cameras from this vantage point you can only do it once yeah every (laughs) single person has to be very clear on what you're doing and so the roles are clearly defined and what's also really key about it is that they're only usually allowed to talk to certain people so it's like the actor isn't talking to the cinematographer. You know what I mean? This only the cinematographer is the only person that's talking to the lighting person. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the if the director wants something, they're usually just gonna tell the DP who may tell the camera operator who may tell the guy. So that way there's not four people all trying to talk at once. That way when you we work on sets that are that big that have that many like people well, that, that are- that's that's the general system of it yeah the general system of it is that like you know the director is the one that talks to the actors if the cinematographer is like the you know if they notice something like okay the actors got hair in their eye or whatever they might tell the director to help fix that you know what i mean but they don't want to have multiple people talking at once stepping on each other because then people are like who am i supposed to be listening yeah. to and that's where you get into the clusterfuck of it hands. but I've, I've always thought that that was really an efficient way of putting on shows also is it's important to have i mean it's also just like when shows come down to like a democracy or like let's have a community of shows i actually have found in my experience that's actually not an efficient way to do it um is that if everybody has this same quote value mm-hmm. um same vote all that that sounds nice on paper, but in the thick and the stress of a show, it's important to know who has the final say, which should be whoever 
whoever has the vision of the thing, right? Right. And if people agree that that person has a good vision, we'll like let them do the thing, right? Totally. And let them do the thing. And then the stage manager doesn't handle the vision. They handle what needs to happen. You know, they're like the producer, yeah. right? So the director's like, I want to see horses jumping on a bed full of roses. You know, and the producer's like, all right, how many roses do we need? What color horses do you want? You know, whatever. They're not going to be like... Get me goats. Yeah, they're not like... <laughs> yeah, uh, right? And then and then it just... that's just, It's an efficient way to make it happen. But yeah, fuck all this sloppy hip-hop bullshit. It's really terrible. I mean, it's like I've been to punk rock festivals that are ran more efficiently and that just is really frustrating where you just like they're folks get it together drugs. and i think it just hurts the economy of this hip-hop shows in any major city like when mm. you can't run a production when you're doing bad business when you think it's all for the community and you're not recognizing that you're actually putting together a production that people need to be entertained by right you know what i'm saying like if you're just right. doing a cypher in the park that's one thing but if you're trying to bring that cypher to the park energy to a stage right. that people are coming and they want to have a good time it just right. changes the entire dynamic and well, it's like it's a quality yeah, control the, too, that was right? something totally I learned, I learned very early yeah. on it at the early version of Tourette's is that real chaos sounds sexy but it's fucking awful because yeah. real chaos is actually boring real chaos is sloppy real chaos is like the mics keep feeding back or like who's supposed to be talking right now and also is that people don't know when things are supposed to happen and that, that was what someone pointed out to me about early version of Tourette's that I really stuck with me where they're like they're like people like ritual they like to know when things happen totally, so they can yeah. plan for you it do the same opening thing yeah every i mean like time, if you like- go to fights you know or like you watch a boxing match or whatever it's like there's a tradition element of it so the shit is chaos to some degree it's two guys punching each other Organized in the face chaos. yeah blood flying everywhere but it's like yeah controlled you, you chaos. because if it's not controlled then it becomes a sloppy thing and people are right. like what is happening like, fuck this let's leave like what's going on yeah and then yeah. that's where you lose people folks and, and everything else i mean you know you just got to get your ninja shit on and uh 100 <laughs> percent true i mean I'm, that's like the, it's like if you go to a fucking hip-hop show which i'm always like what is the sound like? Because I fucking hate performing when right. they can't hear me. Like when we performed at our Gilman, which yeah. is a punk venue. Yeah. And like basically they didn't have turntables or a DJ. They had people playing off their fucking laptops yeah. and like switching, like unplugging their laptop. Okay, the next person goes, there'd just be dead silence in between acts. Oh, with like, no music with all the nothing. lights yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? And yeah. there's no bar. So you can't like get drunk yeah. while you're waiting when you for just feel the energy of the show. Go, I'm just like, this cannot happen. <laughs> And then we were like, us and the headliners were the only ones that had DJ, like unlearned DJ for me. Gotcha. And we had to like take this whole time to switch. You know, we had to yeah, like RCA to RCA. Transitions. Yeah, you want to cover those things. But we, like, there was no yeah, you option hide to do that. I, I mean, I think a lot of it is I learned from hosting so many shows is that I always got handed the shit end of the set list because as when you're hosting the show and they're like oh you're gonna go do something in this some part and you're like what do you mean do something and like you have a 20 minute gap here yeah like i'm not gonna go up and just do theater or something <laughs> for 20 20- minutes while we also need it like it's so it becomes so obvious that some shows just don't have a plan and so usually when i come in as a host i look for those holes right away and i'm like all right so what happens in between this thing right and they're like oh i don't i don't know what what do you think should happen and i'm like well maybe some um <laughs> music is there someone having any, they're like oh yeah i can i can get some music or something like show. okay yeah let's let's do that <laughs> visuals of some sort i mean like when you hosted my event like i mean i think you were really helpful because 
there was a lot of moving parts to that right in it and you started being like all right like where's this person and like because i was the thing you shouldn't be which is the stage manager and the host and the I, headliner yeah, yeah. but <laughs> that wasn't yeah. ideal right but like at least we had like djs in between and stuff and we had to move very yeah. quickly yeah. and it was like all right you recognize like a, a, a comedy sketch is like really only five minutes whereas right. like most artists like hip-hop artists are going to perform for like 20 right like you need to recognize like all right this person's up like the next person needs to be right. ready like right away yeah and and a host a lot of times is like you're really just telling the audience what is happening so that they can plan out their drug regimen and like you know can i go try to fuck <laughs> in the car real yeah. quick? you know what i mean like drug if you're like regimen. yo we're gonna have a 15 minute break they're like oh i'm gonna go okay. do cocaine yeah. exactly you know what i mean like, like no time to something it's like no time to do blow and get my dick sucked yeah. <laughs> when you do shows long enough you realize that there's some people who don't really fucking care what's on stage like they're there to do drugs and try to get laid and that is it you know what i mean if some cool shit happens on stage that's that's cool. Yeah. You know, they just want to go to where the music fits what they like to do drugs to. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Big facts. But like, and your show isn't really successful to some degree unless you have those fucking people you need them. come to your show. Yeah. I mean, God, you go to like big concerts and like the amount of people who are just so fucking obliterated. Yeah. And you're like, what did you even pay? Like, you're not going to remember any of this. But sober you know? festivals really suck. I'm just like, no, you, I understand that. But if you, I mean, spots where they're like sober concerts, I'm like, the energy here. I understand is so that. Boring. I understand that. I'm just saying that, like, there, there's the, there's always those people though who are like, you see them just stagger out of it. Oh, like yeah. they are not going to remember. Nothing. You could make up any songs that they play, and they're like, oh. And then there's that. Guest and then Jerry Garcia fell out of the sky. Yeah, you remember when Flavor Flav came out and he like started break dancing and shit. He's like, oh wow. Wow, let's go for the books. Yeah, yeah and Chuck D like, well, yeah, exactly. We didn't Instagram that. What Good happened? thing I filmed two hours on my shitty ass phone because the world needs more of that. That's what I also appreciate is you don't like the people with the phone use. I, I don't. Mean, we used to have it as a straight up rule, and then it just became where I used to teabag phones. That was an actual. Did you really teabag phones? Yes, you that took was an your actual. Out? That was an actual rule. Have no, you I ever mean, got it, sued for your balls touching? No, people? Uh, no, because trying to do that <laughs> in coronavirus <laughs> climate now. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> one of the opening rules of the show is. Is, was it was uh, respect the mic and one of them was fuck your phone yeah and I said if I see your phone I will personally teabag your phone I and remember. I was like how many people have seen me do it and the whole audience be like yeah and I'm like I will fucking do it don't try me and I would and I would do it orange and, ginger but then that balls. was like mm-hmm. also from years ago where I'm just like what the fuck is wrong with you people like you know you're here at this event don't film it with your shit film it with your eyes but then you recognize it's helpful because now you say shit like if you like these artists look them up well now it's shit. almost it's just unstoppable yeah <laughs> it's, it's like, and also they're not gonna remember i don't know? have that many balls you know what i mean it's just it would be <laughs> i mean start i mean it would get to a point where i'd be like i'm like yep. teabagging three you know phones yeah. and i'm like all right this is just becoming overwhelming you <laughs> exactly. know i mean so then i I'm appreciate like, people filming stuff yeah but like a little bits of it right i'm like the least you can do is look folks up and i mean that's that's another element i think of why we haven't had violence at Tourette's is that there is like a strong undercurrent of like mutual respect and it's too sexy to be violent like when there's like naked people running around that's true you're gonna be mad you know what i mean like yeah but i think with the consent shit of like uh the ask for it rules like that is like I feel like some men, all they understand is violence. And so it's like, 
you can only <laughs> like to try to explain consent to them does not reach further enough in their mammalian you're right. like okay how about this how about if you do <laughs> your hand grabbing ass equals you stabbed <laughs> you get that <laughs> you get that right yeah it was like they're like what do you mean you can't grab a girl's ass and i was like okay we can have that debate later yeah so no, like why you shouldn't do it but like i'm just gonna cause and affect this shit yeah, like this i'm incur and i'm also encouraging the audience to fuck you up yes so then it's 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 generally sense of like it's you, a communal beat down if you yeah violate is it like the, you, it's community you, agreement you're setting community agreement yeah. Yeah. which a lot students. a lot more shows i think could could be helped by in terms of just like this is how this we're is all here to have fun yourself. yeah this is the line and you know i mean because a show like Tourette's, we're pushing the line constantly yeah. but not in a way of like i mean because that even that rule asked for we have we would have the opening hug of the whole crowd and one of our girls in the cast she in the opening of the show she was like you know everyone hug a stranger two guys just pulled down her shirt grabbed both their tits wait wait, wait. one of the performers yeah one that of our one of our cast members uh, one of our crew, basically, that like had come out on stage with me, and then were like, "Welcome to the show, yay, we're here." So, well, I was Everyone hug you. a stranger, and just two guys were like, "Do it!" And so she clocked both of them in the face, nice. and they got kicked out immediately. Nice. And then I was like, "Well, fuck! I guess we have to actually say this sometimes." Of like, hug a stranger does That's not mean because <laughs> right. you're a stranger. Strip the stranger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I swear that those guys probably needed to get punched in the face you know yeah. some people just need, need to get swift kick in the clocked ass, i mean women know that, women know that this yeah. Scorpio <laughs> shit. women, women no, know that women know that I've there are certain men grabbed and i've and i've literally gone to yeah. them and been like what the fuck was that and then ended up getting jumped in the streets of oakland so no the sec a week later that happened to me again and that time i was just like fuck i would say some shit to you but the last time a week ago this ended hella bad so I'm yeah we gotta teach you some class teach you some classes because they won't they won't do it when the threat of violence is already apparent, right? Well, I was with yeah. a dude too, and I think that like I was with my two friends, so I think it was more like, and it was when there were all the, the Oakland riots were kind of happening. There was like hella cops in the street, so I think there was just this fervor for violence, and like that just <laughs> gave them an opportunity, like, oh, let's fucking go. And so yeah. the thing is, I just I fucking hate pieces of shit like that so much because i almost just want to interrogate them and be like what actual kind of sexual gratification are you getting from a random two-second ass grab it's very you odd know? You know? I, I think it's just literally like some monkey mammalian like <laughs> statement of dominance of violence you know what i mean of like i i can do this anytime i want kind of shit yeah, it's, and, and especially in oakland i'm like yeah, the and fuck? they yeah, and they do it, and they wouldn't do it if they saw pepper spray in your hand. <laughs> like it's yeah. not worth it that much to take that kind of a risk. They don't want to grab your ass that bad. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Not, you're like a drunk in your. I think. No, I, I think if you see, but it, I think if you see, if you see, or you could perceive the effect. Right. Right. Like if you see the retaliatory threat. Yeah, maybe they there. like that. Maybe they're like, ooh, they want to cause. I mean, because I get that way sometimes. Sometimes I'm just like, I want to fucking fight today, or like I want to like cause I a mean, ruckus. You know? Yeah, but I don't. I, but I think I think a lot, especially with, when it, when it comes to men. I think if, if you're if you're looking to grab a chick's ass, it's because there's nothing telling you no. 
There's mm. nothing that there's no consequence, or you don't you don't perceive there to be a consequence. I think it's maybe you because don't. you don't see her with her boyfriend, or you you're making a judgment of her boyfriend. You know what I mean? It's a it predatory thing. It's a pre- it's <laughs> yeah. a predatory thing. It could thing. be like you know what I'm saying. It's like yeah. uh, he ain't gonna do shit, so I can do this and get it off without any consequence. So I'm more emboldened because there's no consequence. Mm-hmm. But if there is a consequence, like prefacing the show by saying you will get your ass beat if you get out of line, that's a consequence. You know, like it's already off the rip. That's the community agreement. The crowd will beat your ass if you choose right. to act out of line. Yeah, it's you know? a good, good and mutual it's not even handshake. And the host, because then, because then you can make a judgment call about the host. If the host yeah. says it and is like, "I will beat your ass," and they're like, "I can take that guy." That's right? exactly. That's exactly <laughs> you know what I'm right. But if you say no, we us yeah. will fuck you up. Then it's a completely people. yeah. Then you don't know who's coming at you. Well, because then whoever hears that, if they were thinking like, "Oh man, there's some bitches gonna be taking their clothes off," and then they hear that and they're like. Oh, huh. Okay, maybe I'll just <laughs> stay I'll against, just chill and wait. <laughs> against the wall. I mean, I think it's also that that to some degree men are fed a whole lifetime full of toxic bullshit, uh contradictory information. Like when they see a burlesque performer, some people think that they're in a strip bar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I understand that confusion sometimes. That's the only like shred I'll give them where it's like these women don't need to talk to you or touch you yeah. to get money. Right. They're a performer. They're, they're paid before you fucking. Yeah, they're not. They're, we're here for them. You're not. They're not here for you. They're not you shaking know what I mean? for dollar bills. Yeah. Even so, strippers though, you can't like touch them. You know, they no. can touch you. You can't touch them. No, but there's like yeah, there's this whole like weird interplay and the thing and you know, but I mean, there's also security there and there's that that whole nine. But I mean, that's even a rule in Krav is like you know, predators don't attack predators. You know what I mean? And so it's like if you attack somebody and they are immediately like react, then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, I didn't, <laughs> I wasn't trying like to do that. If you, if someone attacks someone and they're prepared for the attack and they and they react, it's in like just a that if they if you answer with a burst of force right away, mm-hmm. then they're generally going to be thrown off Rather because than fear or something. Yeah, it's not it's not part of their game plan. You know, mm-hmm. it's like uh, they're basically they've their said, game plan wasn't to get punched back. Yeah, exactly. Is that? I mean, it's the same thing with uh, like when I walk into certain bars and I can just tell like, oh, this is a bar where someone's gonna try to fight me. Like I can just walk in and just know it. You know what I mean? As as a kid, has that happened recently? No, no. I mean, I I I don't go to those bars. But I mean, like you know, when I walk into some fucking sports bro place, unless you want to test out your crop, and then yeah, (laughs) fuck all that. No way. yeah, is that uh, yeah? You go into spots like that, and it's just like most guys don't start a fight that they don't think they're gonna, they're not gonna win. You know what I mean? Like, so usually if they're trying to start a fight, it's because they're trying to express dominance. But also, there's usually something that you don't know. Like, there's two other guys right behind mm. you, or they got a weapon, or like whatever. Because not many people want to be like, you know what? You look like a fair and equal challenge, and I've wanted to test my <laughs> my, my skill set. <laughs> You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's it's not like some fucking ninja movie where they're like, you know, to be the best, I must beat the best. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, that's never honor in it at all. Yeah. They're like, this could, this would be a good test of my skill. No, they're like, they're like, I'm going to fucking dominate you. And so immediately when you're like, that's not going to happen or I'm going to make it really painful for you. So how badly do you want to do it? That's the difference. I mean, frankly, I think every woman should have pepper spray. And every I've man. I've got my pepper spray confiscated hella times. So have I. I. Used to have pepper spray. <laughs> but we should get you some more. I uh, can't go anywhere with that shit. 
Well, yeah. I, I mean, I managed to fly with it multiple times. Really? Yeah. That's and I, shocking. It's been on my keys, and it just gets sometimes. right through, and they sometimes take it, and I have to re-get it again, and then I'll fly like... 12 more times with the pepper spray on it and so you know some of it gets through yeah I think I'm on like the most wanted list at like Great America so I definitely can't go in there with anything <laughs> what's your that Great America system <laughs> you didn't stash it in the bushes no I kicked the carny when it ran up on me <laughs> in the shins and then they banned me and the Renacops had to escort me out and I started talking hellish shit to the Renacops yeah I'm dicks. surprised that you haven't had more like violence I've training I've had a, oh violence training yeah no. <laughs> I think it'd be good for you not he's, only he's training me to pox yeah okay yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, we but, were watching a movie the other day, and like she was like, "Oh, he's boxing all wrong." She was judging this guy on his form, and like, like trash. those are those are whack haymakers. Those can't. Like, that's true. That's so you're, you're getting better on your, yeah. your yeah. shots. He's helping yeah. me. I, you only got 50 seconds left, yeah. so you you 50 plug your, seconds. Oh, 50 shit. seconds. Right. Plug yourself. Uh, oh, that's right. They never said my name. I'm Jamie DeWolf. We did say your name. <laughs> we said it like five times before you got here. So. You said it for the past five months. <laughs> I'm Jamie DeWolf. I run a show called Trust Out Regrets and do a bunch of movies and do a bunch of performances and a bunch of weird shit. What's your next thing you're doing? Like a live show that people can go to? Oh, uh, well, that's interesting. Are any of us going to be doing live shows anytime soon? I am supposed <laughs> to be. Whole, yeah, I'm just coming over. Did people go to Tourette's last night? I mean, the uh, last they week? did. Yeah, they did. And I felt that we landed right in the nick of time because mm. everything is getting canceled I know. Um, right now I'm working on a bunch of films um, so those will be coming out soon but yeah every first Thursday of the month is the plan unless we all turn into a plague ship that part yeah Jamie DeWolf ladies and gentlemen Ratchet and 